0: And sort of around this time, there, there's these sort of uh, thinkers, I- including one um, Assyrian a named uh, uh, Michel Aflac. Um, he, he himself is a, uh, he's an Arab Christian.
1: Ryan, do you um, want to do it or should I do it? <laughs> you should do it. Okay. <laughs> did he have comprehensive coverage or was it just the dental or he was he the, it? He had He had the he accident plan and the cancer. Yeah.
2: He, he, he had it all and thing.
0: he had all the discounts. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve along with the other Steve.
1: What a Santa.
0: And Ryan. That was a good one. Yeah,
1: man. That was a solid Kona. pop. Kona Island Brewery. I can't drink Kona, dude.
2: Coming straight to you from New Hampshire. Uh, what?
1: I can't. It gives me the peepees. I don't know why.
2: They're They're always really cheap at ABC Liquor.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like I like it, too. It's a good, it's a strong beer. I would never, like, fucking Mahalo, bro. But I, I you know, I don't like Again, peeing that
2: much. Um, this is from New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> mahalo, bro. I mean, I
2: don't like peeing
1: that much, you know.
2: Uh, <laughs> this is actually their new, like, Island Seltzers, the Spike Seltzers. Um, this one tastes like Hawaiian Punch. Imagine it's if, tropical like. Tropical Punch, but it tastes like fucking Hawaiian Punch.
1: Well, that's what <laughs> Hawaiian, Hawaiian, Hawaiian punch, punch. punch is, right? Hawaiian Punch is Tropical Punch.
2: But there's a very wide
0: you know, no, range no, of no, Steve, that's not what punch Hawaiian punch, punch is.
1: Hawaiian, so, Hawaiian punch, Hawaiian Hawaiian
2: punch is
0: water, special. sugar, red.
1: Look, dude, all I know is that you can't get the red in Europe, all right, because it causes sperm count lowers and emphysema and fibromyalgia, okay?
2: All I'm saying is all tropical punches are not the same. You get Kool Aid, Tropical Punch, and Hawaiian Punch. <laughs> very difficult. Very or not difficult. Very different drinks. Sure. Very different. But just
1: back to my point: when the fucking nutty Karens—I hate that word—but when they go nuts about nutty. like the the uh, nutritional ingredients <laughs> causing like diseases, and they always go to like the food, the colorings. Like yeah. there's 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 uh, circumstantial evidence that red number dye causes ADHD, AIDS, leprosy. The plague, you know, and you're just like, shut the fuck up.
2: And stop being afraid of things you can't pronounce. Well, they, they say, have, like,
1: their main this. argument, sorry, their main argument is that they don't have it in in food, that it's banned in Europe, but it's not banned in Europe. It has a different name in Europe. Yeah. It's in fucking yeah. everything. Everything. <laughs> They, and they all
0: have, like, mesothelioma from walking yeah. through, like, Sephora every week, so.
1: <laughs> Do you have mesothelioma from Roundup or walking through Sephora every
2: week? <laughs> <laughs> Call us. Do you remember a few years ago when, the, like, the EU banned, or not banned, but maybe heavily restricted the recipe that uh, they could use for fireball whiskey? And it was like everybody was going on, like, this insane rant saying that it was, like, made of antifreeze and shit like that.
1: I mean, I've used it for antifreeze. Is, is it not antifreeze? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I like Fireball, but you know, the, I'm a big cinnamon guy. Like I, I'll go with my wife anywhere, but when we go to Joanne's, I'm actually totally fine with it, especially in the fall, dude. I love walking into that Those, fucking
0: cinnamon f- brooms,
1: cinnamon blast at the front. You know, <laughs> the AC comes in and just smacks you in the face. It's great, but that's good. Fireball, oh my god. It's like they put a cinnamon avatar on steroids and had him piss in a bunch of bottles. Like just... When I
2: when I was 16, I swear to God, my drink was Goldschlager and Dr. Pepper.
1: You were just trying to be cool. Fuck it. Fuck that. <laughs> listen, listen. What do you I mean you don't have any Goldschlager? Again? I don't fuck with people who don't have Goldschlager. <laughs> I drank that again That's recently, like weird... and I was like...
2: So disgusted with myself, I was like, "What the fuck kind of an alcoholic asshole was I?" That's
1: like a
0: weird old like barfly guy, like a guy that's always at the bar, like an old guy's been going there for decades, and he just sort of like hangs out in the corner, that's, yeah. Like his drink of choice.
1: I'll take a miss. I'll take a Mississippi Highball, <laughs> sir. We gave you a highball. That wasn't a highball. It didn't have any Goldschlager, and it didn't have any Dr. Pepper.
2: What no, is this? Knock no, 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 son. Pitch- I asked for a Mississippi Highball. <laughs> This is just a regular highball. I want a Dr. Pepper and Goschlager. I don't want none of this Mr. Pib none of this Dr. Thunder. I want Dr. Pepper.
1: <laughs> Dr. I, Thunder I a, is like how many ingredients are in Dr. Pepper?
2: <laughs> how many
1: 46 Yes, yeah, something like that right there's 46 different flavors but I think like Dr. Thunder's 45.
0: <laughs> I, I had a friend who introduced me to his cocktail which was uh, uh, mountain dew and gin. Ew, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I see, gin to me is like, I can't drink it because it, it sneaks up on you. So I've never, I haven't thrown up from drinking in a long time, but I've, the two times I came closest was when I had some fucking gin.
2: Gin will make you sin, baby. Oh my God, dude.
0: Speaking of, of people redolent with spices and, and weird cocktails. Um, t- today we're going to be talking about the the former king of kings uh Muammar Gaddafi.
2: Mumbar
1: <laughs> I'd have a comment to follow that up but I'm pouring a a beer.
0: <laughs> Cuz uh he we we won't get to it in this episode this will be a two-parter. Um but shortly before he died, um he did crown himself in 2008 as the uh the the king of kings wishing to be the, the king of a united African
1: state. Yeah. That's like an impossibility.
0: Yeah, yeah and and that, that's been pointed out by some of his detractors in Africa. Um, but um, Gaddafi, we'll, we'll sort of see why he gets to that point and like from where he starts out. Um, but Momar Mohammed Abu Minyar Gaddafi uh, was born near Kesar uh, Abu Hadi, um, which is sort of like in the coastal region of um, of Libya near uh, near Sirte, um, in the deserts of uh, Tripolitania, Western Libya.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that again. Geographically challenged, what part of Africa is that in? Libya Maybe is in Africa, Libya like? is right. to
0: the west of Egypt. It's directly bordering Egypt on the west side. Cause you have. So it's
1: like Central um, Africa. Central? No, I'm it's of... it would
0: North Africa. North but, Africa. Uh,
1: yeah, because yeah, like when you say, when you say Central.
0: Central Africa, that would be like the Congo. But like yeah. North
1: Central uh, then? Yeah, yeah. I'm it, thinking it, like the Central. You coast. would just say North coast. Africa. Okay. Yeah.
0: You're, you're not going to add the Central because it's just North Africa. They're, they all sort of share a similar culture. Um, a lot of sort of this like Arab and Berber and Bedouin, like sort of mixture of peoples. Yeah. Um, that, that though they each each of these nations will have their own national identity and ethnicities within them, um, they all sort of share a, a common cultural, um, what can be called Arab identity.
1: Do they do they generally share Islam?
0: Yes, um, most of them. Though they do have uh, Christian minorities within them, mm. um, and much smaller Jewish minorities. Um, they do have uh, Christian groups within them, especially Egypt. Uh, which has a a large Coptic Christian community.
2: Copics. I'm going to go, you know, kind of totally off the rails here, but, um, excuse me, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi is a stone cold fucking fox in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, like, this is, when he this was guy young, is 10 out of 10 would go bang this guy. He is he, sexy. He, holy he, shit, really? He, That's he, high he's a bro
0: He's he's like him. the Persian Chad guy from that like meme where they Ryan, show like that guy with that. Well, Listen, it
2: no bullshit? Like, yeah, <laughs> Ryan. We're
0: trying
1: we're trying to be more serious and professional <laughs> here as a podcast. And we had a this, we had a this negative. This man is
0: also a mass murderer.
1: We had a negative Ooh, review man. recently, <laughs> and you know, you getting horny about Mo Mark Daffy—that's not lending to it's, our professionalism.
0: <laughs> it's, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as being horned up for Stalin. Um, but it's it's pretty close.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good, looking man. Well, it's funny because if you type in you know Muammar Gaddafi into Google Images, the first picture that like pops up is the thirst trap. Not even like the one where he got caught hiding in the, the, in the thirst or trap. Gaddafi. The first one. First when one. When he's squared off, jaw looking strong in a sexy uniform, like yep. the man is looking tight.
0: When he's not like got the puffy cheeks, you know he's not. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I wouldn't call him like fat. He's definitely
2: like schlubby, but right. alcoholic is what that is. That's the alcoholic. It's,
1: it's bowling alley athletics Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, it
2: <laughs> the
0: nineteen eighties <1980s> Oakland athletics. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's uh, it's PBA tour fat is what it is.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, Gaddafi comes from very humble beginnings. Um, his the tribe he belonged to was a very um, it was a small. An um, uninfluential tribe called um, the Haggadafa, um, who were uh, of Berbers who became um, Arabized. Okay. Um, his his mother's name was um, Aisha bin Niran, um, who died in 1978, and his father was named Muhammad Abdul Salam bin uh, Hamad bin Muhammad, um, who was who was known as um, Abu uh, Menyar. Um, He would die in 1985. Um, Most of his father's earnings came from um, essentially being a subsistence herder of goats and camels.
1: Huh. Are there there like wild camels in North Africa, like there are wild horses in the U.S.?
0: I I assume there are, um, because, you know, they get away from the herd or whatever. Right. It's um, sort of the it's same Because that's where the wild man. horses come from
1: and, in Have you North ever played America. Age of Empires? That's frightening War camels? <laughs>
2: Listen <laughs> just, I remember from Age of Empires is like the Batman car that you could cheat and bring in
1: Whoa, 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 bro Whoa, whoa, yeah.
0: I say you just, you just get your priest out there And he just starts mass converting all these wild camels And then you <laughs> <laughs> Um apparently there there have been claims against him. Um I, I, I would assume these are claims against him that his paternal grandmother might have been a, a Jew who converted to Islam. Oh, um shit. I, I'm assuming considering his background with the State of Israel, um in and, and sort of general Middle Eastern um Muslim conspiracy theories involving the Jews, um that, that this is something from his detractors. Hmm. Um so his the, the his his family um, along with other sort of um, nomadic Bedouin peoples of North Africa. Um, at, at this time, um, they were illiterate, and so they kept no birth records. Um, so his, his date of birth is given as um, being um, June 7th of, of 1942, um, but... Other than that, all we know is that he was probably born sometime between then and 1942, and the spring of 1943.
1: So we're close enough ballpark. Yeah,
0: and and then some um, some scholars have even um, said that it might have possibly been pre 1940, um, but but we're not entirely sure.
2: God, like. <laughs> It's it just boggles my mind that someone who was born in the 40s we can't pin down their birth date like year wise solidly. Like I understand if you're born in like the 1500s. Well, he was well, born he was, in the least, 40s. Like, Nail down a date. He
0: was he was born. Well, he was born in the 40s in a tent in the middle of like a white sand desert. Right. That's what I'm going to say. Like,
1: like it's like, it's more like more what day happen. is
0: it? And then they just sort of like put up their arms. <laughs> well,
1: like, which calendar <laughs> are we using? What time is it? It's midnight. Yeah, it just the, but the sun's out. That's fine. Okay, I, guess I, just, I guess just just like imagine
0: Lenny statements. Dykstra being asked yeah. about how much money he has left, and that's the expression they. I get. feel
1: like we need to work <laughs> Lenny Dykstra into everything. You know, we could probably yeah. get Lenny Dykstra on the show for like, I don't know, a sawbuck. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I think, don't know what his cameo prices are, but they're probably low.
2: Yeah. I think from here on out, I need Steve King to set the tone, so I don't keep saying dumb shit like that. <laughs>
1: No, that's not dumb. I mean, it... it, Yeah. you
2: should have a birth certificate. Well, it's it's
1: that whole modern thing where you're applying your standards of knowledge and understanding to, you know, 1940, early 1940s in a foreign country.
0: Yeah, and it's whatever. what at that time is a a colony of Italy, a very poorly run colony of Italy, Um, pretty much like everything that's run by the Italian fascists, which is very poorly... Um, contrary to the popular belief, you know that Mussolini made the trains run on time. Um, the trains have never <laughs> run on time in Italy.
2: Never. Um, fascist,
0: no. democratic, re- regardless, it's it's never happened.
2: Yeah, I can um, confirm. I- I've been to Italy. Can confirm. They oh, still that's run right. Run on time. Yeah, they don't
1: run on time now, right? <laughs> they still don't fucking run on time.
0: The only place in Europe where they probably run on time is like probably Germany, um, maybe Amsterdam. Austria. They they seem a little more,
2: you know. They absolutely run on time in the Netherlands. Absolutely, they do. Uh, like down to the minute, it's pretty good.
0: So, of of his parents' children, he's their only surviving son, um, and he had three older sisters.
2: Did he have any brothers that died?
0: Uh, we're we're not entirely sure. Um, he he probably could have because this is during that time where like yeah. miscarriages and stuff are common. Mm-hmm. Um, and and oftentimes you know they, they they'll take the uh, the life of the mother, which they didn't in this case. Um, but it, it's just one of those things where. Um, he could have possibly had um, other siblings that weren't that weren't talked about or recorded. Gotcha. Uh, so because of the way he was brought up and how he lived his early life, um, he would often um, sort of go and live in the desert in a tent for months at a time. Um, it, while he was leader of Libya throughout his entire reign, um, and he would also when he traveled, he would often stay in a tent. I remember one time in the United when he came and visited the UN. He wanted to pitch a tent in
2: Central Park, and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> I've tried to pitch a tent in Central Park, and they wouldn't let me either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's because at Central Park, the best thing to do is is to not ask. Like it's easier <laughs> to get forgiveness yeah, than just permission. Do it, you know? and then
0: just go into hey!
1: Yeah, hey, I'm tenting here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and this is something that's like his behavior is like weird. Like like when people in the West make fun of it, some people could claim you know that this is sort of like Westerners like. Sort of mocking the culture of someone from like the Middle East, but I I knew people who were from like who lived like a good deal of their life in like countries like Jordan, which is like a very Arab sort of like mm-hmm. um, very very used to sort of like that Bedouin culture. And yeah. she was just like that. She just said that he's like he's very strange. Like like no one no one thinks he's normal in the Middle East. Like no one looks no. at him and says like <laughs> says like this is the behavior of like a man. This is like. This is like Tea Party level shit, where like yeah. a guy is dressing up like Benjamin Franklin and going everywhere.
2: It's not like anti-Middle East, because you can look to the Middle East and see they have very current and up-to-date and modern cities. This fucking psychopath just wants to Ted Kaczynski it and go live in a fucking tent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, very early on in Gaddafi's life, he's,
0: he's very much aware of um, European powers' involvement in, in Libya. Um, because at, at the time of his birth, you know, Libya is occupied by Italy. Um, uh, soon afterwards, you know, it's liberated. Um, um, and so because of this um, the, this sort of conflict, it goes from Italy to, to sort of like a British control after they, they sort of move in and, and kick the Italians out. Um, <laughs> later, later claims would say that Gaddafi's um, uh, paternal grandfather... Um, Abdul Salam, uh, Bommignar had was had died fighting the Italian army um, when the Italians invaded um, Libya in 1911.
1: They invaded Libya.
0: Yeah, they, they essentially because it, it had been a possession of the Ottoman Empire, right? And because um, Great Britain had sort of like moved in and taken control of Egypt, like we had talked about in our Suez Canal episode. By that time. Um, the Italians, because it's directly across from Italy, like if you were to look at North Africa and Europe, like directly across the Mediterranean is, um, from Italy is Libya. Um, so they, they see it as like prime real estate and they just move in and kick the Ottomans out
1: and take over.
2: Prime real estate. (laughs) It's free free real estate. (laughs) It's free real estate.
1: I'm looking at my, uh, yeah, they're directly South. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: because, like, for instance, France had controlled Algeria. Um, it would be a French possession um, until the 60s when, um, when Algeria got its independence from France. Um, they, they sort of went in on the game. Um, Italy, you know, it was a nation that hadn't existed until the mid-1800s. Um, so they sort of decide, you know, like Germany, that they're going to get in the colonial game as best they can, essentially picking up the scraps left over by the other great powers. Um, after uh, World War II, Libya is occupied by the British and French. Um, so uh, initially, the British and French wanted to divide Libya between uh, Britain and France, adding them to their, their own empires. Um, but the General Assembly of the United Nations um, decided that Libya would be an independent country. Um, and in 1951, the United Kingdom of Libya um, was formed. Um, And the leader of this state was a pro-Western monarch named Idris. Um, Idris um, would be a lot like the the Hashemite kings who took over um, in Egypt and Jordan um, and elsewhere in the Middle East. Wherein he would try to rule as an absolute um, ruler, as an absolute monarch, and he would ban political parties um, and centralize power into his own hands.
1: Son of a bitch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um and this is this is very common with what the british and the french do um and and a lot of reasons has to do with with they sort of look back into their own very conservative view of european history and they decide that in order to like make these places manageable they need to find um the equivalent of like a king or an emperor like because they because they look down on these peoples who are in north africa and the middle east and they see them as backwards and not ready um, for a regular society. And most of these people who are forming these states, they're not actually fans of democracy in their own countries. Too. Right. Right. Because these are also conservative people who don't want, like, um, the the working classes to uh, to vote and to have a say in government. They definitely don't want the, the, the peoples of these non-white countries to have their own voice. Um Which is one of the reasons why all of these countries in the Middle East and North Africa and Africa proper um, have, you know, autocratic forms of government is because the Europeans set them on that.
2: Huh. I didn't realize all that. Interesting. Because
0: unlike where, say, like the American colonies, where they sort of set up in each each American colony, they sort of set up like almost a copy of the parliament in in Great Britain. Yeah. Um, But... And these states are like, well, we did that before and it failed, Um, and we're not really a big fan of the way things are going politically in our own countries, so we're just going to put these, like, autocrats in, who are going to be, like, the king or whatever, and they're going to take over.
1: It makes sense, because didn't they already have, kind of, tribal governments in a lot of these areas?
0: Well, a lot of times they would have, like, sort of tribal leaders. Um, At this time, you know, um, before the Italians took over, they'd have an Ottoman governor. Um, a right. lot of times, the Ottoman governors are, are just sort of like, essentially like tax collectors. Like, like they're not really doing. It, it's not a very centralized form of government. It's like they're they're just sort of maintaining the major cities. They're not really having much of an impact on the day to day lives of most people.
2: So most of the time, these these cities, these small towns are are run totally like autonomously. Then.
0: Well, yeah, because but you have to remember that like outside of like the major trade cities, most people are living like Gaddafi's uh, family where they're just sort of like they're they're transient. Um they 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 just sort of travel around to the traditional right. like caravan like, routes to different okay. watering holes and different trade
1: spots. Just like Tom um, Jode.
0: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not really it, it's almost like an American settler like like sort of idea where you you just you just move from town to town like there there's no real, like you know there's no roads there's there's no sort of infrastructure
2: right now see what you got to do is you got to go to the third dune and then you hang a left right over the embankment and when you see the oasis over the hill then you got to hang a hard right triple e be right there on your left <laughs> where's Bobar's house it's left <laughs> what do you mean it's left uh just keep
1: no. going left
0: now, what you're going to want to do is, you're going to want to
2: hang a right at the sandstorm, see? You're going to see old
1: Abdul Aziz over there, and he's going to be coughing. And don't Which... say, don't go up to him and ask if he's okay. okay don't do it.
0: That's how he that's, gets you.
1: That's how he gets you.
0: Um, so, uh, Gaddafi's earliest education he has is a is religious education. Um, like a lot of youths in this region at this time... Um, he he would essentially learn um, he he would learn through an Islamic teacher um, and and sort of later on into the fifties as as things sort of sort of change in Libya um, they move to nearby Cert uh, um, where he attends an elementary school um, and he would progress through sixth grades in in four years time.
2: What is real quick? I know you've probably already said this, and I'm a terrible human being for not catching on already. But what is Sirte? Surt is a city. Okay.
1: Uh, Surtr is the fire god in Norse (laughs) mythology. He's a giant. (laughs) Surt is
2: a city in Libya?
0: Yeah, um, it's on the coast. Um, Most of the cities in in Libya are on the coast. Um, You don't say. But if if you were to sort of look at at Libya...
1: People need water, Steve.
0: Libya is uh, kind of shaped in a U. Yeah, um, So it's to the east of Tripoli, and it's sort of um, in between Tripoli and Benghazi.
1: Oh, actually, I found it. It's right around it. the corner oh. from the halls
2: of Montezuma. There's the... Fu- <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's Ibn Sina Teaching Hospital in CERT and CERT yeah, University. I- Ibn Sina. This is like the fucking Gainesville of Florida.
1: <laughs> we could do a, a whole episode about Ibn Sina.
2: They got a place called Family Food and Pizza Gourd. This is fucking Gainesville. Remember,
1: Libya. dude. We have the the number one export of, of the world is <laughs> capitalism. It's everywhere. it's everywhere. Well, he man.
0: he he tried to he, he tried to handle that in his own way, um, but he after after dying about a decade ago, um, L- Libya has kind of moved into uh, all stages of capitalism from Ugh. from the free market to the slave market. Um, Ugh. But um anyways um, so at this time um, he when he's attending elementary school, um, this schooling he receives is not free, um, but his his father um, pays for this um, despite the financial strain on the family to give his son a better chance um, at life than you know just being a camel and goat herder.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: due, due to the amount due to the lack of money that he had, um, Gaddafi would sleep, Um, during the week in a local mosque. Um, And on weekends, he would walk 20 miles um, into sort of the countryside um, to visit his parents.
1: Hmm, Really?
0: Um, When he was at school, he would be uh, bullied by other children due to his uh, Bedouin background, Um, but he would be uh, proud of his identity, um, and and he would also encourage other children to be proud of being uh, Bedouins. Oh, good. Uh, there, There's a lot of sort of ethnic um, sort of rivalry. I don't want to call it directly conflict, but just just sort of like animosity between um, people of Bedouin stock of, of sort of the more urbanized Arabs and also Berbers. Hmm. Where, where it's just sort of like people from different ethnic backgrounds, you know, the people in the cities look down on the people who live in the deserts. Um and not all of the peoples in North Africa had gone full into like Arabization.
1: Remember I read okay. about um the Tuareg? The Tuareg? Yeah. So you, yeah, I read about them when I was a kid. I saw a library book and it was like it was interesting looking, so I picked it up and I was like, What is this? know, like this like evasive Libyan group Berber ethnic that live out in the deserts and stuff like that.
0: Berber. Yeah, there there there's like this thing where um in and sort of like a an afrocentric thought um there there's a sort of this meme that pops up especially among hoteps you know that that africa used what is to be a hotep? all like oh man. like, like ho- hoteps are like are like black supremacists like They're the like craziest. essentially like nation of islam like oh, okay. like africa okay. africa was like a super society before white people destroyed it right. um but there's a sort of belief that north africa used to be like Like, black, black. Like, everybody in North Africa was, like, Wesley Snipes-level, like, black.
1: Right, they had Um, darker skin.
0: Yeah, but in reality, um, most of North Africa, it still has, like, the sort of same ethnic makeup. It probably had in antiquity. Because, like, when the Arab invasion happened, it's not like the Arabs were, like, Sending like thousands of people to like change the whole ethnic dynamic of the region. It was just sort of like them coming in and taking over, and then telling people like like Hey, if you if you speak um, Arabic and you convert to Islam, um, sort of almost based on a Roman model, um, you'll get tax incentives. <laughs> And that's that's sort of where like um, Arab culture sort of comes from throughout the most of the. It always
1: comes back to money, dude. If if you told me if I converted to Islam, I'd get tax incentives right now. I'd probably pop open the Quran. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. Why wouldn't I? I don't believe in it, but I don't have to. I just need the tax incentives.
0: Which is which I would honestly say is true for most of um, Muslims up until like the. The 1700s, when you when you sort of get the conservative backlash to Ottoman cosmopolitanism, I would I would say that they're usually like a step above, like where like Catholics and and other sort of Christians of that ilk were at and in Europe at that time. Mm-hmm. But but over time, because they had become so liberalized and and so cosmopolitan, that there's sort of like this very conservative reactionary backlash against
1: that. Right, right.
0: Um. So. Uh, Gaddafi would, but he's at school. Um, despite being bullied, um, he would um, he would go um, he would sort of be somewhat popular, um, and they would eventually move. Um, to popular the to like
1: beat upon, like was he a popular? <laughs> t- I mean, you're saying he was bullied. Was he like a popular well, target? He was
0: he was bullied by the other he, like the kids protagonist. For being a
2: veteran,
1: but, he's like the he protagonist would, in like a Hardy Boys book or something like that. And yeah, he, well, he, was,
2: he was still he still was still what a light. fucking tent. They beat him up because he was a smelly kid. Hey,
1: Momar, where's your mailbox? Oh, I'm sorry, you don't get mail. Beat him
2: up.
0: <laughs> oh, this kid smells like camel piss. <laughs> oh my
2: god. I don't feel bad making fun of this sexy man because he's still a piece of shit. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
2: The, the
0: I, w- I would call him the the Chad, um, the Chad Gaddafi, but he actually tried <coughs> to invade Chad at one point and failed. Terribly. So
1: oh, he's the he's oh, the you he's you the fail Chad Gaddafi, then. the failed um, loser, failed Chad. So they um they
0: would they would move to uh, the town of um, sabah which is in um, south central yeah. Libya. That's a good
1: name. Um,
2: so every mall called Sabaro. Um, <laughs> sabah. It's my favorite
1: <laughs> New York slice.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's not getting his favorite New York
1: slice.
0: <laughs> Like like Michael Scott and Andrew Yang.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. How do you make a gaff that bad? Like, unless you're making an office joke, he is such an idiot.
0: Steve, what he didn't go to Sbarro. He went to that, like, pizza chain. And two, the man is from New York. He was born in New York City. Right. He Um,
1: should know better. If it ain't and it ain't pizza. (laughs) Um, So
0: after... After moving to uh, Sabah, which if you look at a map of Libya on Google Maps, um, where you see the big the big word Libya on the map, um, Sabah <laughs> is like directly is
1: that, to the west of it. Can you see that <laughs> Libya from space? <laughs> oh my fucking god,
2: Can you see that from space? <laughs> so I would I if would not, map I would the not world, be surprised you can read Libya from space.
0: I would I would not be surprised if at the end of his like sort of reign. That Muammar Gaddafi funded a project to make a giant, like, spelling of Libya in, like, like, Romanized script and then Arabic underneath it in the middle of the desert so that it could be seen from space because he was that level of, like...
2: Leader. He was insane. Yeah, he was insane. Insane. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. How about you just give us a general cardinal direction of where it is instead of above the fucking L. In Libya? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: in. It's in central. It's like one of the biggest cities in central Libya, from what it looks. Okay, like. Okay, so
1: it's like right in the okay. center. All right. All right. Um. It,
0: so. So they would move there, um, and his father would work as a caretaker um, for a tribal leader, um, and uh, Gaddafi would uh, would attend a secondary school. Um, which which was sort of like the highest level of education that anyone in his family had ever achieved.
2: Would that be considered like a high school?
0: Yeah, it would. It would be like the equivalent of like a high school.
2: Okay, really? Wow, that's pretty yeah, so high. He's got <laughs> so he's got because remember Boebert. his parents. got to understand literature.
1: though. That's like the fifties or sixties in what essentially is a third world country, right? Yeah. So he's
2: as educated as Lauren Boebert is right now,
1: right? Well, I would say that he was more educated, but yeah. Uh, she, she's also 100%. a descendant
2: of nobility, but yeah. know, we won't go into
1: the, the Midnight Express. Um, the wrestler? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, wrestling nobility.
0: Um, so, uh, Gaddafi would, again, he'd be popular in school. Um, and he would, um, and some of his friends from um, from his time at school um, would get jobs from him when he becomes leader. Um, one of them is, is was his best friend in school um Abdul Salam uh, Jalud, who would become a um who had become a politician under um Gaddafi. Okay.
1: They gave it um, he so, gave his best friend a, a job. Yeah, he
0: gave his best friend a job. Like he went full on like political machine like didn't give a Like fuck. all all his Straight friends nepotism. are getting jobs. Would that be nepotism or is nepotism refer to just specifically That's family. just family. I, yeah, it's it's family, but it it's pretty much on that same level. Okay. Um, so, his, a lot of his teachers when he was in Sabah um, were Egyptian. Um, so, because a lot of his teachers were Egyptians, um, he would be sort of introduced um, to pan-Arab newspapers and radio broadcasts, um, I- including one uh, from what, is, what was a, a radio station from Cairo called the Voice of the Arabs. And so, pan-Arabism is this idea... That, that sort of comes out of um, World War one because remember when we talked about World War one we, we talked about how T Lawrence is going out into the desert um, and who's sort of meeting with all these Arab leaders and organizing them right Correct. Um, and and sort of around this time there, there's these sort of uh, thinkers including one um, a, a Syrian named uh, uh, Michel aflack um he he himself is a uh, he's an Arab Christian.
1: Ryan, do you um, want to him, do it or should I do it? <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> okay. Did he have comprehensive coverage or <laughs> was it just the dental? Or he was, had yeah, it all. Yeah, he had the he had accident plan and the cancer. Yeah, he Did he, he had Gilbert it all coverage?
0: and he had all the discounts.
1: Yeah, you gotta have that. Every time at that time, my brother had my brother uh, works for Aflac, and he had that uh, giant. Uh, like promo Aflac duck in his car, and I walked outside to smoke a cigar, and I was just kind of walking around. It was dark, and I look over at his car, and there's just this big thing in the back seat, and I'm like, dude, holy shit! So I fucking just like silent snake around the back of the house and go in the back door of the house. I grab my brother, I'm like, bro, someone's in your fucking car because it was so big, it looked like a person was in his car. So we get to over, and he's just like, bro. He takes me outside, he's all serious, and he's like, dude, it's the duck, it's the Aflac duck. And then later that week, I'm in the bathroom, and uh, I'm the only one home, and my brother comes home. I didn't even hear him come in the house, right? And as I'm walking out of the bathroom, he put the Aflac duck right behind the door. So when I opened the door, there was just a fucking man-sized <laughs> Affleck duck staring at me in the face.
0: You uh. just you just thought a furry was boosting
2: your brother's car. Seriously, oh,
1: I didn't even know what a furry was back then.
2: Uh, BT uh, Dubs, um, if you're listening to this and you don't have Aflac, Aflac is fantastic. By the oh, way, oh yeah, I, I had have... it when I was on the rescue because I, at the time, I I used a motorcycle as my primary <clears throat> method of transportation, and when I told the guy who came to the station one day to offer Aflac to everybody, he said, "What are you interested in?" And I was like, "I don't know. What do you have for me?" He Accident well. coverage oh, you, you ride a motorcycle, let me sign you up for everything. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Well, that's is, why they call
1: them it, toner cycles.
2: Well, listen, it was like, I think, an extra $20 a paycheck, and I was yep. covered for fucking everything. The if thing I about had to leave work because of a motorcycle accident, yeah. I got paid to be out of work. Exactly. Like,
1: what? What? We'll never All get right. that coverage. Uh, like, we'll never get them as a sponsor, but... Uh, they are fantastic. They offer a fantastic service. They're amazing. I have the They're dental, amazing. and uh, I've I've had mm-hmm. it for like over twenty years, and it's it's great.
0: Unfortunately, we'll only have you know maybe Blue Chew Manscaped, me um, undies, <laughs> yeah. me undies.
1: Well, Blue Chew <laughs> and Blue, Manscaped. Blue mattress. I think Blue Chew and Manscaped is like a mattress. Blue Chew and uh, Blue Chew and Manscaped and Purple Mattress are a good combination. You know, it's a good triumvirate. Uh, my that, bookie way,
2: I need a new mattress.
1: Seriously, you're giving people an erection. Right, my my bookie, and then you're you're shaving up their their privates, so they're cleaning things up, and then you're giving them a mattress to fuck on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. it's a really good yeah. idea if you think about it. My bookie, I don't think you want to do that. Yeah, you
2: because know. then it's like you're gambling on getting laid. That's what it comes. <laughs>
1: <out>. <laughs> you're taking um, a risk. So- I, speaking of of uh, banging, did how much banging did Momar
2: do? did? He do a lot of banging. He had, on, he on, had more kids. He had more kids than Mrs. Wayne's. So, is is Muammar <sighs> Gaddafi the guy that had the all women Secret Service? Yes, Fuck he yeah, had the all woman bodyguard squad around Fuck the time that he started yeah. becoming the. Uh, I remember this guy the was gosh the shit. <laughs> I remember seeing him one time, and I was like, "Yo, he's got an entire like Secret Service of like really sexy women. This is amazing. Female ninjas." <laughs>
0: just... So, uh, Michelle Affleck, he sort of comes up with this idea. Of Arab socialism, um, and for instance, the Baath Party, uh, which you might have heard of, Saddam Hussein was originally a member of the Baath Party.
1: Yeah.
0: Currently, the Baath Party rules Syria under uh, Bashir al-Assad. Um, his father, um, uh, Hafez al-Assad, um, was was leader before him. Um, his his older brother um, would have been uh, would have been leader, but but he essentially killed himself in a car accident, being a dumbass. Mm. Um, but these these sort of Baathist parties that sp- uh, that pop up in Syria, in Egypt, um, Nasser it would be considered a Baathist, um, and, and in Iraq these are Arab socialist parties. Uh, okay. What Arab socialism means is not exactly uh, fully qualified because when they say socialism, um, they don't. It, it's sort of almost like national socialism um, in, in more ways than <laughs> one. The because not good
2: kind of socialism
0: because when, when they say socialism they, they mean a socialism among arabs right. and what that entirely means is, is sort of not really nailed down but it is generally sort of like a pan arab like movement it's like an arab supremacist movement where arab's the ethnicity not not muslim not christian not not whatever um, not alawite um which which the assads are alawites uh, is is not going to be the dominant strain. It's going to be that they are Arabs, and mm-hmm. their end goal is to sort of create a super state within North Africa and the Middle East that would that would just be all of these quote unquote Arab states. How'd that go? Not very well.
1: Um, so, in, in, so,
0: initially, after... Bro, um, you can't
1: next- get three people together to figure out whether they want Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A on a Friday fucking night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, uh, it, it, That's why I think Kushner trying to deal well, with the uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict is the funniest shit in the history of ever.
1: That's right.
2: <laughs> Good luck, Jared. Have fun. <laughs> Um, fucking Jared fucking Kushner of all people. Here, I need you to solve peace in the Middle East. Can you do that for me? Go ahead. Do you think?
1: Like, what? Dude, as Jared? soon as you as soon as soon you heard his last name, you knew that they were basically profiteering off of, like, the suffering I of would, other people. Yeah,
2: I would, listen, I would rather give that job to the guy that looks like John Goodman fucked an eagle. You know who I'm talking about? That general that, like, rolls around? Like, he, mm, he looks like he means business. Who the, the hell like are you talking about? Solid solution. There's a general. I'll send you a picture. He looks like the offspring if John Goodman fucked an eagle.
1: He looks like like the the uh, pop punk essentially band the offspring. <laughs> Their first album was good by the way. The first smash was okay and then it got worse, but but they fucked an eagle, right? The whole band. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this guy.
0: Um so gro- growing up like sort of coming up to this period He's influenced by these, like sort of, um, sort of strain of like Arab Arab nationalist media. Um, he sees in 1948 um, the Arab world is sort of turned upside down with the Arab-Israeli war, where most of the nations in the Middle East are defeated by Israel. Um, eventually, in 1952, um, there's a revolution in Egypt, uh, where uh, Gamal uh, Abdul Nasser um, becomes leader of the country. Um, And then also the Suez crisis in 1956. And then um, eventually um, the formation of what was called the United Arab Republic, which was a political union between Egypt and Syria. Okay. Um, And and the way this worked was that the UAR, the United Arab Republic, was a, in in like pretty much name only, it was a federation of Egypt and Syria. um, But this union would only last for about three years, it would dissolve in 1961 and one of the main reasons why this this didn't really catch off is because Syria and Egypt have no land borders really the only way between them is through sea um, you, you would have to go to the uh, the, the sea border of, of Syria in order to um, get to um, Egypt so, so it's kind of hard to do that Um, Egypt had been nominally a British possession, so most of its infrastructure is set on a British standard, whereas Syria was a French possession, so most of its infrastructure is set to a French standard. So that Mm -hmm. means that, for instance, um, items wouldn't use the same electrical outlets, for instance, and stuff like that. Like There's no shared standardization to start off with.
2: Gotcha, okay.
0: But uh, Gaddafi, um, he would admire... Um, what was called the Arab Republic of Egypt, which is under um, Gamal um, Nasser. Um, Nasser, um, he, he's a big Arab nationalist. Um, he's, he rejects uh, Western colonialism um, and Zionism. And he, he also made a transition uh, from sort of a capitalist-based economy to more of a socialist economy. Okay. Um, go, uh, also, while he was um, sort of coming up, Gaddafi would read Nasser's book, Ah, uh, philosophy of the revolution, which was sort of like his textbook on on how to overthrow uh, one of these governments. So, so Gaddafi already has like sort of the guidebook to how to overthrow a government model like his,
1: hmm.
0: because because Egypt was sort of set up under the same um, system. Um, it was under a a King Farouk who was like this uh, playboy um, that that sort of much like uh, King Idris. Um, He's sort of taking all the wealth of the country and sort of centralizing it in himself, um, while most of the people in his country live in poverty.
1: I've definitely heard of King Farouk before, and I believe it was in a bad context.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not a good dude. Okay.
0: There's a reason why all of the, the Hashemite kings essentially get wiped out. Except for the king of Jordan, which the current king of Jordan is still a Hashemite.
1: What is a Hashemite? What is Hasha?
0: Well, well, the, the Hashemite kings were those uh, Arab kings who were put into power. It's sort of their family name. Okay. Um, it, it's because they're from the um, the area around Mecca. Okay. Originally. Right. Um, okay. So that, that just sort of gave them sort of like their, their almost divine... Um, Divine sort of calling, and that they could trace their lineage back to Muhammad, which isn't hard because Muhammad had so many had so many wives. Mm. Um, that that tracing your lineage back to him is not hard. For instance, um, the British royal family is is roundabout related to him, but not in a way that actually is meaningful because it's through um, uh, through female relations as opposed to male relations. Okay, because because um, Portuguese and um, Spanish um, nobility. um, married into the British nobility um, and those um, and, and those nobles from Spain and Portugal um, all intermarried with um, sort of uh, Muslim uh, nobility uh, from North Africa when, when the Conquista happened.
1: The Conquista? Gotcha. Okay. What Conquista?
0: Uh, like, what?
1: What Conquista? What do you mean the, the Conquista? When,
0: when the Muslims took over uh, North Africa? Um, Spain...
1: Oh, Spain. Okay, okay, got
0: it. The Al Andalus and all that. Okay. Um, So um, when uh, and one of Gaddafi's teachers is um, is an Egyptian named uh, Mohammed Afay, who was um, who who sort of uh, pushed Gaddafi along, um, and and also um, sort of like mentored him on uh, like fostered his ideas of revolution and told him, you know, that if he was going to win, he would need the support of the army.
1: Well, um, he seems like a a very uh, incisive guy, you know? I mean, of course he's going to need the fucking army.
0: Well, he's just saying you can't just do this with, like, a grassroots revolution. You can't just, you know... Right. You know, he just sits on the edge of his desk, you know, he's like... He's like, Momar, I see you've been reading a lot about revolution... One thing you should know for you try to overthrow the government you need the army son.
1: Yeah, so so you're saying like he just started Diablo and he's or, or not Diablo uh, Warcraft 2 and he's going in with just his like you know workers. I'm going yeah. Oh fuck, he screwed. I'm going to take on the Zerg. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna take them on with um, thoughts and ideas.
2: God damn it. You make my head hurt, the Zerg StarCraft. <laughs> oh, God, I hate um, you.
1: I don't so, fucking. Dude, I never played any of those games. Like, I just watched people play them. And it's been I so long. I was ranked
2: in the ladder for the US East oh, in StarCraft cool. in 2002. That's cool. I actually had a rank. You know who else was I- ranked? Muammar Gaddafi, <laughs> yeah, right, until, number until they, one until they in, they in the people's hot list of 1970 worst <laughs> dictators. He was number one. Yep. Um,
0: it, so he begins organizing demonstrations against the, the monarchy in Libya and, and putting up posters. Um, in October 1961, he leads a demonstration um, against Syria's uh, leaving of the UAR, and um, and um, he raises uh, funds to send uh, support to Nasser. Okay. Uh, while he is, is sort of demonstrating 20 students are arrested, uh, and, and Gaddafi um, would also um, go on to um, damage buildings such as a hotel, um, which was accused of serving alcohol by breaking its windows.
2: So he got mad because a hotel served alcohol? It's against his Yeah, mom. because it
0: was it was seen as a form of like Western imperialism because the Muslim societies can't drink alcohol, so right. the introduction of alcohol into their cities was this sort of symbol of like of, of bourgeois uh, Western imperialist influence. Okay. Um so him and his um so he would be expelled from school, um and his family would be forced to leave uh Sabah. Um, he would move to Misrata, and he would attend um, a secondary school in Misrata.
1: Another um, one. Yeah, a-
0: another secondary school. Because you know he had to leave the city. He had to. He had to go to a new school.
1: Okay. Make new friends. Get bullied by new guys.
0: Because because Misrata is is on the coast. Um, it's it's sort of at the end of the the tip of the U that Tripoli's on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And so. And while he's at school, um, he would still continue to maintain his interest in Arab nationalism, um, and he would refuse um, he would refuse to join any of the um, any of the banned political parties in the city, because um, uh, he said that he didn't agree with like factionalism. Okay. Um, he would while, while during this period he would read up on on Nasser, um, the French Revolution. Um, and he would also read up on the works of uh, Michel Affleck, um and biographies of such leaders as Abraham Lincoln, Sun Yat-sen, um, and Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, who is the Ataturk. founding father of Turkey.
1: Jesus. So how intelligent was he? Like, I mean, he can read up on this stuff all day, but
0: well, I would, I would say that he was, he was pretty smart as a youth if he was able to go through like six grades in school in four years.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, it was sixth grades in, like, you know, 1950. I mean...
0: Yeah, but he's, he's he's like, you you say that, but he's also coming from, like, the sand pits.
2: Right. Well, remember, this guy pitched his own tents in the deserts. Got it. I
1: can't do that, so that's pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, I would just, if, I, if you drop me in the desert right now, I'd just fucking die. I'd just be like, well... <laughs> It's been a good run. I'd probably sit down and I'd, I'd just meditate under the burning sun until my body just gave out. <laughs> well, I guess this is it. Lock it. You know, it was odd. He was able to meditate his heart rate for about I don't know, six hours and then he just died. Um, in, in
0: 1963, Gaddafi would uh, study at the University of Libya, um, which is located in Benghazi. Um, but he would drop out soon after joining or soon after um, joining the university
2: to join the military. Speaking of Benghazi, shout out to Vile Rat. <coughs> Jesus. Rip. So, despite
0: his police, uh, despite the police like knowing about his revolutionary activity, um, he was able to start training at the Royal Military Academy, which was also in Benghazi. Um, and, and he would serve alongside. Um, several of his friends from Misrata who sort of had like similar ideas to him. Um, and And this is sort of the thing that's that's sort of common throughout the Middle East and Africa during this period is that the armed forces are really the only real way to get upward uh, mobility in society um, f- for those from underprivileged backgrounds because it's not like um, you know that you can go um, you can go to a school, um, like especially in in Africa, like sub-Saharan Africa. You know, like it's not like you can go to school in in your own colony or, or go to school in Europe, um,
1: yeah.
0: And, and so the only real science is that they have anybody to train people in, and that gives the most sort of chance at, at sort of making your life better is the military.
2: Okay,
1: um, and, and Gaddafi is. Isn't well, that do- kind of similar for a lot of those places at the time?
0: Well, I, I would say in these like former colonies, yes.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, you're not going to have any power. Otherwise, you're just you're essentially just a like a burger. You're just like a well,
0: well. It's, it's also the class. fact that like when the Congo became became independent from Belgium, they they had 19 people with college degrees.
1: Yeah, that's that's not gonna like
0: work. for 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 an area the size of the Congo. Throughout all that, they only had 19 people, and people talk about like um sort of speak down on like African societies because you know the the countries have leaders like Edi Amin. Well like Edi Amin was like trained by the British. He went through the only route the British offered for sort of like social advancement for an African. Um and and you can't really just sort of pull pull up stakes and then just say like, oh look, it's just these military dictators take over these places. It's all these people understand is like military force.
2: It's like, it's, bitch, you did it. Like you set it up yeah. to be like this. You pieces of shit. Fuck you. Absolutely, fuck you. Like dude. what the fuck? You did it. Absolutely. Um,
0: so, while he's at school, um, most of their their schooling comes from uh, members of the British military, um, which which Gaddafi is not a fan of because he views uh, the British as imperialists,
1: um, and he refuses. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Steve. The British <laughs> viewed the British as imperial. <laughs>
0: And, and he refuses. He refuses to learn English, um, and he was rude to the officers, which caused him to fail his
2: exams. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Fuck, um, fuck the English. And, um, <laughs> they, I stand by that. Come hey, out,
1: um, you black and tan.
2: <laughs> so Come the on, fight the, me like a man. Go ahead. The the British
0: would um, they they would report Gaddafi for his for his behavior. Um, and, and they would also suspect that he was involved in the assassination of the military academy's commander um, in the year of 1963 uh, but um, all of these reports were sort of ignored um, and Gaddafi was able to quickly progress
1: um, through the courses gotcha. killing it just academic genius
0: um, so in, in 1964 he establishes what's called the central committee of the free officers movement which oh, shit. This, this is named after Nasser's um, movement. Nasser was... Uh, he founded the Free Officers Movement, which was sort of this uh, movement of officers within the Egyptian military that overthrew the
2: king. Okay.
0: Um, so, so he sort of... Um, he, he sort of organizes them. Um, they all sort of pull their salaries into a single fund to fund their operations. Um, and Gaddafi would travel around Libya, um, sort of developing connections among other revolutionaries and sympathizers... Um, and also collecting intelligence on the area. And most of the government's um, intelligence services while he's doing this sort of ignored him. They didn't really consider him a threat. Okay.
1: Um,
0: in, in August of 1965, he would become a communications officer in the, um, the signal corps of the um, Libyan army. Um, in 1966, he would go to the United Kingdom for further training... Um, and so over uh, a nine-month period, he went um, – he underwent an English language course um, at Beaconsfield, um, Buckinghamshire, um, and, and an Army Air Corps signal instructor's course um, in Bovington Camp, Dorset, and an infantry signal instructor's uh, course um, at Hythe Kent.
2: So the signal course, that's just like learning semaphore, right? Like learning well, well, it's, it's also like. like the radio, like like
0: communications. Okay. Like, okay. like so it sort it's of evolves to that, bags. sort of like the way that the cavalry, like everybody who was in the cavalry, by the time World War II happens, they take away their horses and give them tanks.
1: Yeah. And then they figure it out.
0: Okay. Um,
1: My buddy's a cab scout.
0: So, uh, the, the director at, at Bovington would report that Gaddafi was, you know, he was very successful um, in learning English. Um, and that he uh, displayed a, a firm command of um, voice procedure when using the radio. Um, so while he was in uh, the UK, um, his favorite hobbies were playing football. Um, and, and people thought of him as a quote-unquote uh, amusing officer, always cheerful, hardworking, and conscientious.
2: You mean soccer, right? Yes, soccer. Okay, right, yeah, yeah I'm about to say. I don't think he played American football. I don't think he's just
1: making uh, sure our audience understands. You know,
2: <laughs> I I don't think he's old Look, dream I'm just saying,
1: Our <laughs> number one listener, Cuffy Megs, when he listens, you know, he's got to
2: be sure that we're professionals. Gaddafi's,
0: Gaddafi's one dream was to play for the Green Bay Packers. And that's he's true. Really
2: a New England Patriots fan, absolutely huge.
0: <laughs> um, Q- Gaddafi himself, though, would say that he didn't like England. Um, he he said that the officers would um, um, say racial epithets at him, um, and he said he found it difficult to adjust to the culture of England. Um, um, so he would. Steve, um, let me
1: stop he, you right there. The English find it tough to adjust to the culture <laughs> of England.
0: <laughs> and he would um, he, he would walk around uh, reportedly walk around London
1: naked. Um, wearing
0: Wearing traditional <laughs> Libyan robes, which he might as well as.
1: Yeah. Um, it was just one um, knot away. <laughs> <laughs> just pull um, that, pull that knot. And, You're getting the full Gaddafi.
2: And and Gaddafi. That's the uh, name of the
1: episode, right there. The full Gaddafi.
2: Just, just <laughs> one knot away, the full Gaddafi. <laughs>
1: oh no, I cannot say that. Not in today's <laughs> internet. You can't talk about nodding. No. Yeah, you can No. No, come on, we're a professional podcast boys. <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, after returning from England, um, he before he left, he had assumed, you know, that England would be more advanced. Um, but but upon returning, and this might just be something said for propaganda value, um, he said, "quote unquote," I am more confident and proud of our values, ideals, and social
2: character. Okay, I mean low bar to clear to have better values ideals and social characters than fucking England i mean but it's round floor bar to clear it's it was just that
0: classic like like guy like almost from like a bad movie where like a guy from the middle east goes to like he's like they're all they're all decadent all they love is their money and their fast cars and their women is he wrong no, he's not wrong.
2: <laughs> All right. Then. Okay, I'll make sure.
0: I would I would say that, like, his assessment for coming from, like, a society like his and going to another society, which I think is what, like, most people should say about their societies, is, like, you, you can't really argue for most saying that, you know, like, one is superior to the other um, with what they value when you go down to, like, base things like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like, if you go to, like, larger society, like, I would go out on a limb and say that, like... Like the society of Saudi Arabia is abhorrent to like the American level of society. Um it, it, I don't feel that that's like sort of like a racist state. It was just saying like a, a no, society that is like not. that that like ultra conservative and that restrictive and that like poverty stricken and like I don't d- think due American to the actions
2: of an elite realize you. how much like Saudi Arabia we are.
1: Okay, you just said the opposite of what Steve said. What do you mean I think?
0: About how how similar we are to Saudi Arabia? I, I would I say like we're yeah. not.
2: I think for, the, for a number of reasons.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of things you can get away with here.
2: Like I think we uh, we or maybe not. We're not similar now. Like, but the ultra conservatives want us to be similar. Oh to sure. They just oh yeah don't yeah. I would it. I would
0: Sorry. well I would say they want us to be more like Sorry. Iran. Yeah yeah that's but, what I meant. But They'd yeah like I I like would that. say but just like going to the base level of like our societies as they are. Like him going to England in the sixties. Um, relative to like Libya in the sixties, I would say like well, there's probably not a lot there. You know, like they they have their own values, but you know they're not like they're not cutting people's heads off. You know, for for being gay, like that level of thing. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. Um, so it, Idris, like I said, he's not very popular. Um, the the common people don't like him. Uh, he because wait, he, Idris, um, the, the king Elba? of Libya, not Elba, not Elba. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just stop it. Another thirst trap, by the way. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. So uh excellent DJ. Um so as <laughs> as Idris is sort of like put in charge of Libya, um like the other rulers, this sort of upsets what was there because you know there wasn't a king of Libya before. So just like there wasn't a king of Egypt, like the the like the French and British just sort of come into the country, they say, Well you got a king now, it's it's Idris. And, and he's going to run things but because like this goes against what Libya like what had been done in Libya for, for centuries
1: which was what like uh, tribal tribal. yeah leaders. it's
0: mostly like a tribal uh, regional um, sort of um, sort of level uh, sort of country um, It it's it, like him sort of like putting them into this federal system mm-hmm. um, sort of exasperated the differences between the different regions and tribes sure um, and, and also the fact that um, most of the country's oil wealth is being centralized to the central government uh, but none of the money is really coming back to the people
1: right it's just going to Gaddafi uh,
0: well, well no because he's not the leader yet it's going to Idris
1: oh right right I'm right. Um, sorry
0: so so corruption is like is like endemic um, patronage is widespread um, and, and Arab nationalism is becoming increasingly popular um, because in Egypt, they, they had overthrown their king there and they had formed a government which is seen as being successful. Um, and, and sort of protests become even more e- even more widespread after um, Egypt is defeated um, by Israel in the six-day war in 1967. Because Idris's administration is very pro-European um, and, and they're also not um, not motivated by Arab nationalism or, or sort of like an Islamist identity. Um, they're not opposed to Israel. Um, so they refuse to become involved in the war, um, and they're seen as being pro-Israel. So because of this loss in the Six Days War, um, anti-Western riots break out in Tripoli and Benghazi, um, and Libyan workers go on strike and shut down the oil terminals um, in solidarity um, with Egypt.
2: And what year is this that we're in?
0: This, this is like between 1967 and 1969.
2: Okay, I could have swore this was in the two thousands. This was the Arab Spring, but you know, I guess this is a constant, recurring theme because of the U.S.
0: Well, I, I would just, say that the Arab just the Spring US. doesn't really happen because of the U.S. I would say that the Arab Spring happened due to like increasingly bad conditions throughout the Middle East due to like widespread mismanagement by autocratic governments and climate Better change
2: stalled by the U.S.
0: Well, no, what like what happens is is that the The protests, which we'll talk about when we talk about this in the next episode, is that the protests that break out in Libya are natural. But what happens is, is that the Western powers become involved and and they sort of speed things along. But the problem is, is that nobody is really set up to to sort of take over Libya after this. So Libya, even today, is sort of divided between two governments um, that that are sort of backed by different powers, um, which the government in Tripoli today is backed by the United Nations, whereas... Um, the other half of Libya, um, which I believe is based out of Benghazi, um, is it's sort of based out of most of like Middle Eastern powers in France.
2: Okay. All right.
0: Um, so, in 1969, uh, the CIA is expecting um, segments of, of Libya's military to launch a coup against the government. Um, they, they're aware of Gaddafi's like free officer movement, uh, but they don't think that he's going to be the one that does it, um, they're watching another guy named um, Abdul Abdulaziz uh, Shalahi, um, who has a group called the Black Boots, which is another sort of um, officer corps revolutionary group.
2: When you say they were watching, you I mean, what, like the CIA?
0: Well, like, yeah, the, the people they're looking at. Like, when I say they're watching, I don't mean they have people there. I mean, just like when they're looking at intelligence... They're 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 favoring intelligence on this black boots groups as opposed to the free officer movement. Like they they don't see Gaddafi as being the one that's going to do it. Um, huh. Just just think of it like you're watching sports and like okay. like like if it's a sports team you know is going to lose, like you're not going to watch it. Like you already know how it's going to go. So okay. so they're only they're only watching the the horse they think is going to win. Okay, all right. And and I would argue the CIA doesn't. Uh, I they I don't think they really care as much at this point. Um, they're, they're just more worried about if they're gonna be pro Moscow or not. Um, but um, they' they're, they're still watching it and knowing that like whoever wins, they're probably gonna be anti-American. Gotcha. Um, and, and this is also more of like a British project. Um, it, it's not really like like an American like focused um, endeavor. I know, like, tankies today on, like, Twitter like to think, you know, that the CIA is, like, this omnipotent entity that, like, moves throughout the world and coups governments and stuff, when in actuality... They're not? Um, well, not not to the level that they say they are. I would say the Maybe CIA is incredibly Maybe. incompetent.
2: Back in the day. Not anymore. Well, I would, I would
0: say even back then they were uh, pretty incompetent, just like they are today. Um,
2: really? Yeah. I always thought of the CIA as this very... I mean, obviously, like shadowy, spook-like, you know. Right. Um you know, group, but that was overthrowing governments in Central and South America, the Middle East, installing dictators who were pro-U.S., anti-Russia, anti-communism, pro-capitalism. Uh, well, up to and including the present day, I well, thought they were vastly more um, capable than apparently they are. Well,
0: you you have to remember that a lot of times, you know, it's not like the the way it's the way it's framed is that the CIA does it and then they put somebody in charge, which is not what happens in most of the case. Even like for instance, Pinochet. Like, regardless if Pinochet got the okay from, like, the CIA, like, contacts or whatever, like, he was going to do it anyways. And that, that's a lot of time that what happens is that, like, these guys, um, they, these, like, officers or whatever who are already itching to, like, sort of overthrow the government and would probably do it other way, uh, other hand. Just to like leg a foreign, up. oh Like, a foreign power will essentially, like, they'll ask, like, hey, you know, I'm planning this. Would you be willing to, like, get in on my, like... <laughs> <laughs> Would you be willing to kickstart my coup? It's
2: I like a Facebook a request. Oh hey, listen, I need you to get Langley, Langley on the line. Listen, hey, listen, CIA, listen, listen. I'm going to take over the government. Okay, I'm going to take over the government. It's going to be incredibly bloody, incredibly violent. I just need your okay. Well, I just need your thumbs up, your go-ahead. Well, well, the thing about life.
0: Gaddafi's coup is it ends up being bloodless. But you have to remember six oh, years bitch. previously, <laughs> the, the big coup that the CIA put on was the Bay of Pigs. Mm-hmm. Which, which was sort of based on a coup they did in Guatemala, which, which was successful. Uh, but, but it's just sort of like they don't really know what they're doing and they don't really have an idea of how things are on the ground. So the idea that the, the central Intelligence Agency or or any, or any of these really intelligence agencies are really like these like extreme masterminds who are orchestrating the downfalls of, the, of these governments is is somewhat misplaced. Like yeah, they're helping, but they're not the people who are like, who are doing it. They're, they're not the sole bodies that are just, like, the invisible hand that is removing leaders from these countries.
2: Oh, of course not. I didn't feel like they were the invisible hand, but I always felt like they were the invisible force that was kind of like, listen, this is our guy. So, like, we definitely want you guys to put this guy in right cause, here. Because we'll,
0: we'll we'll talk about it later on. Like, there, there's a good reason why most of the West hates Gaddafi. Um, and it's because Gaddafi was probably, I, I would dare say, he was probably historically the largest funder of like international terrorism in the world and didn't but it didn't like it didn't matter who it was he would give them funding which we'll talk about at the end of the episode like like everyone everyone from like communists to like nationalist movements like like if they needed funding he would give them funding
2: was he just anti-government
0: i i'm not entirely sure i just think it was like it was like shark tank for militant groups like Like, they come to him with a pitch, and he's like, you can get a training camp out in the desert, we'll give you money.
1: Not only that, I'm not just going to give you $100,000, i am going to give you a million.
0: Um, (laughs) In in mid-1969, King Idris will, um, he he, he travels abroad to spend the summer in Turkey and Greece. Um, And at this time, um, Gaddafi realizes this is their chance to overthrow the monarchy, and he begins what's called Operation Jerusalem. On September 1st, Gaddafi and officers loyal to him um, will, uh, with forces will occupy the airports, police depots, radio stations, and government offices in Tripoli and Benghazi. Um, so he, he takes control of what's called the Burqa barracks in Benghazi, uh, while um, a- another officer, uh, Omar uh, Meheishi, um occupies the barracks in Tripoli, um, and uh, Jaloud. Um, His friend would seize the city's anti-aircraft
1: battery. Joe Lude. Joe Lude. Can't take him anywhere. Joe Lude. (laughs) It's fucking Joe Guy. Joe Lude. I
0: heard his his friends with Nails, King Cock himself. King Cock, Nails,
1: Dykstra himself, (laughs) and Joe Lude. They were going to take on Libya.
2: Yo, this guy, Joe Luz, I sent him down to Villagio's Pizza, game him a dollar, said, yo, we eat you some garlic knots.
1: God, um, dude, I'll, and- I'll eat garlic knots out of a Libyan desert person's <laughs> mouth. I'll, I mean, I love garlic knots so much.
2: I love them too, bro.
1: His, um, I love them so uh, much.
0: One of, one of the members of the Corps, um, uh, Kuala el um, Hamedi, um, he would arrest the Crown Prince. Who? Um, uh, the, a member of the the Free Officer Corps uh, named uh, Hamedi. Okay. Um, he was sent to arrest the Crown Prince uh, Sayed, um, Hassan, uh, Arida Al Mahdi as Su- uh, Sunusi, um, and they would um, force him to uh, relinquish his claim to the throne of Libya. Um, so while, while they're sort of um, doing this coup, um, they, they don't have any serious resistance um, and, and in response, they don't really wield any violence against the monarchists. Um, so after this is done, uh, Gaddafi declares the foundation of the Libyan Arab, uh, Arab Republic uh, which is in the same vein as Egypt which is the Egyptian Arab Republic and Syria which is the Syrian Arab
2: Republic okay he,
0: he addresses the people of Libya by radio um, and he proclaims uh, reactionary um, he, he proclaims an end to the reactionary and corrupt regime um, and, and the end to the quote unquote the stench of which has sickened and horrified us all um, this, this revolution is, is labeled as a, a quote unquote white revolution, um, because of its, um, bloodless nature that like no blood is spilled. They're able to just sort of like take and occupy these areas and not really have any resistance. So um, it's
2: gentrification. And it's, yes. And it's Gentrified later, Libya. <laughs> and it's,
0: it's later renamed the, uh, White September Revolution. All right, let's take this, this corner. Taste.
1: Let's take this corner here and let's put in a Starbucks that sells... An amalgamation, <laughs> maybe, a of ca- avocado toast and Libyan now, coffee. Now,
0: what I was thinking of was I was thinking of making <laughs> hear this out, hear this out, a grouper that specializes in labradoodles.
2: Oh my God. Listen, on this corner over here, I would alibia. like to put a completely halal target. A, a target who is completely halal. Get him out.
1: <laughs> Get him out. There's no way. You can't make target one hundred percent halal. It's not going to uh,
0: happen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gaddafi would proclaim that uh, th- that this coup was the beginning of a revolution for Libya, which meant freedom, socialism, and unity, uh, which he would said so that he would implement over the coming years.
2: Oh, uh, you son of a bitch! You said socialism. You done fucked up. Get him out of there. Get him. I God don't like this. Up. I don't like this. This Mumar Gaddafi. You need to get him out. Someone in
1: 1950 told my grandfather that socialism was a bad word, and I believe. Well, uh, I was with friend, you.
0: friend of the pod, um, Ronald Reagan would call him the uh, the mad dog of the Middle East.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, Muammar, he's the mad dog of Middle East. Nancy despises him.
2: Ronald, listen, Ronald, Ronald, real, real quick question for you, Mr. Ronald. Yes? Why would you call me a dog? I am well, just normal well, you know, Libyan. Why would you call me dog? One day, I was, uh, uh, we had got a new poodle, uh, and
1: uh, Nancy wanted to call him Momar, and ever since then, I just thought you were a big fucking dog. That bitch! <laughs> <laughs> um, that was so weak. Ap- well, that was a weak attempt on my part. I could have come up with a much, much worse explanation, <laughs> but... And I'm uh, walking a thin line here in Saul Gaddafi because he could still be alive, possibly. <laughs> no, he's he's very <laughs> no, much dead. No, got, nah, you guys also, he, don't know.
0: No, he got he got <laughs> Did you touch he got got Like you can you can watch him be brutally murdered.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's his Oh, so- is he's it, drug- he's, 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 Steve. Was he's it a
1: live drug- leak? leak? It was a live leak funeral. It's literally on <laughs> no, live. Yeah, league. it is you a live leak.
0: Apparently, allegedly, like Vladimir Putin. I don't know if he still does it, but he would watch it every day for like a year. To like sort of steal him for like how like to not be overthrown because of what happened to Gaddafi because you could literally watch Gaddafi be like sodomized with rebar and then like brutally murdered by a mob.
2: Whoa. It's not good. It
1: is, yeah, it's it is really it is, not it
0: is, good. It is like like you can even see like video of his like dead body. It's it's like a Mussolini level yeah. thing I mean, where I've like, seen they, uh, the... they put his body
1: out. <laughs> I've it's seen Saddam. I've seen it's Saddam, Saddam. yeah, I've too. seen Saddam's dead body. But, well,
0: well I would say like Saddam being dead because it was like they, they essentially executed him the same way you'd execute a prisoner in the United States right. this is structured this, this is more like in Italy like where they hung like Mussolini and his wife and like other ministers from like meat
2: hooks in the town square yeah. level <laughs> of like retribution coming from somebody who grew up on consumption junction and rotten.com um yeah his video is not good like it is not good at all that's crazy uh, <laughs> so
0: uh Libya, at that point on, would be ruled by a 12-member central committee uh, made up of the Free Officers, which proclaimed itself the Revolutionary Command Council, um, which would be the government of the, the Libyan Republic. Uh, Gaddafi, um, who at that time was lieutenant, would be the RCC chairman, um, and he, which made him the head of state. Um, and he also, after this, appointed himself to the rank of colonel Uh, making himself Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. Crazy. Um, His friend Jalud would become Prime Minister, um, and and the Civilian Council of Ministers would be headed um, by uh, Suleiman Maghrebi, um, who And and this council was sort of um, founded to implement um, RCC uh, policy, so essentially the Revolutionary Command Council um, comes up with things, and then the, this uh, civilian head council of ministers decides how to implement it. Uh, the capital of Libya would be moved from
2: um, um to um, Tripoli. <laughs> it goes from Beta to Al Alpha. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> real quick, let me go back real fast. So. The RCC, the Revolutionary Command Council, they make a law, and then the Civilian Council basically figures out a way to correctly implement the law, but the Civilian Council is headed by Gaddafi's homeboy?
0: Yeah, it's 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 still commanded by like one of his people. Like it it's it's not a true like democracy, which is one yeah. of the reasons why Gaddafi gets removed from power, is because later on, uh, which we'll talk about in the next episode, he comes with with his own philosophy as an answer to capitalism and Marxism, which is based on a book called The Green Book, that that's sort of like a third way, and, it, and it's sort of like a system of allegedly um, direct democracy, uh, but Gaddafi still rules the country like a king, and just like. Like brutally, uh, like uh, disappears people. Um, in the nineties, there, there's an incident where they just kill thousands of people in prison. Like security forces just go Jesus. into the prisons and just start shooting people.
2: Not his sexy brigade of bodyguards, right? <laughs> no, no. Okay,
0: no, not okay. the, uh, not not the uh, palace thought. Uh, <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> oh man, God, it's getting me hot just thinking about that. Crack my AC up. Hold on. Hang on. Actually, you know what I need to do before we talk about the palace thought thirst traps? There we go. Um,
0: even though uh, th- this was a, a council that ruled the country, um, Gaddafi is, is pretty much ruling as a dictator. Okay. Um, some some of the people on the council um, tried to constrain uh, some of his excesses, but they weren't really successful. Um, and Gaddafi would remain as the public face of the government the uh, public identities of, of sort of the other members were not revealed until January 10th, 1970. Um, so for about uh, six months or so, um, or I would say like three or four months, no no one knows who else is like leading the country at the top. Like, it's literally a shadowy cabal of men, and Gaddafi is the only one that people know.
2: And this is directly after the coup, right? Yes. Okay. So
1: he is effectively... In charge now, and his friends. Yes, and
0: he's effectively ruling as a dictator, and
1: his friends um, are, are in positions of high like, yes, power. Yes, his,
0: his fellow officers, um, all of them are from rural backgrounds, usually, um, and, and, um, uh, usually working in middle class backgrounds. Um, none of them had university degrees, uh, and and this is sort of um, it's sort of like an exact opposite of the people who previously ran the country. Who were like highly educated, like Western educated um, conservatives um, from from sort of wealthy, um, quote unquote noble backgrounds.
1: Those were the previous people that were.
0: Yeah, the, the people they replaced, the people who were under the king. Ah. Okay. okay. Um. So they they after the coup, they begin to sort of consolidate their government. Um, they purge um, known monarchists and members of um, Idris's clan. Um, from Libyan politics and the military, um, okay. and uh, Gaddafi claims that he did this because these people were opposed to the will of the Libyan people, and that they had to be removed from their positions in order for Libya to move forward.
1: They had to be removed from their positions in order for him to move forward. What? Well, okay, you're
0: you're you're saying the you're saying the quiet part loud
1: there, Steve. I know what um, I'm doing, <laughs>
0: um, but. Uh, well, like sort of early on with Gaddafi, like Gaddafi is actually like pretty good for the average Libyan early on, very very much like how Saddam and, and some of these other leaders are from very early on. But that's that that's for a number of reasons, like not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, like not just like it... I'll, I'll 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 talk about it. But um, in, in the immediate aftermath, they found what are called people's courts. Um, which would dun, dun,
2: dun. D- d- yeah. Yeah. The plate Gaddafi. Hi, I'm Doug
1: Llewellyn And this is the People's Corps You need my goddamn
2: lenses <laughs> this, this is Salam Ahmed Mohammed <laughs> dun, dun, dun,
1: dun.
2: <laughs> That fucking bass line It's a great All I'm saying is baseline, when, Wabner, when
1: Wabner came out You knew somebody was gonna catch a fucking sentence You know <laughs> um so the
0: these courts would try um different uh monarchists politicians journalists um who who have been imprisoned after the revolution Um, none of these people are executed um but but um they they would just be sort of um uh, put into prison um idris was uh, sentenced to be executed in absentia um but but of course he's he's not going to (laughs) come back to libya so, so it's not like it was carried out.
2: Yeah, no. Um, Somebody calls them to, like, hey, bro, psst, they're going to execute you if you come back. Yeah, deuces.
0: In in May of 1970, um, they, they hold what's called the uh, Revolutionary Intellectual Seminar, um, which would uh, sort of tell intellectuals like what they need to um, do and say in order to be in line with the revolution. Um, oh. And. And they would have a um, a legislative review and amendment, which uh, united um, the laws and codes of Libya, um, both secular and religious, um, and would include bits of Sharia law into the that legal
2: God system. That goddamn Sharia law. They did um, it. But it up again.
0: But the, like, even though he introduces aspects of Sharia law, one of the reasons why Gaddafi was hated by a lot of the Muslim world. Is because uh, when he introduces the green book, he sort of says that Sharia law is incompatible with his worldview. So um, that it that it should be involved, but it should be uh, before um, other laws, and, and that sort of like enrages a lot of Islamists.
2: So if you read, because <laughs> in my past I have had a lot of um, free time uh, to do a lot of you know reading, <laughs> um, and I actually have read the green book. It's very interesting because I found myself agreeing to a lot of some of the stuff that he wrote about. Um, you know, It's just very taken aback when you read some of the stuff that he writes, but then like you compare that to how he, quote unquote, dictated. How he implements like- it. Well, yeah, it, it's like motherfucker, it, you didn't do anything that you wrote about, you piece of shit. What's wrong with you? Well, it's it's uh, also the uh, fact nationalism. His thoughts on nationalism were implemented correctly, but like as far as like the family and the community in general, he was more like, "Man, just do as I say, not as I do." The
0: the whole thing with like the Green Book too is it's not really a coherent political ideology. Like it's it's just sort of like a, should... a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things put together that are like, "Here's a bunch of good ideas in a book," like. Yeah. Like wouldn't it be cool if we implemented these anyways? I'm gonna go back to my harem
2: <laughs> like one of the ones that stuck out to me was like yo don't watch sports, go fucking play sports you know what I'm saying o- like, okay, yeah. okay, boomer yeah no it's very boomer <laughs> whatever thought, you say like, it's good boomer? for you it's good for you get out there and exercise like that kind of shit
1: right exactly it's essentially just silver tongue bullshit is what it is Um yeah.
0: So after after he sort of um, sort of codifies the the legal system um, by decree, the RCC um, continues the ban on political parties in Libya, um, and in uh, May of nineteen seventy, uh, they ban trade unions. In, in nineteen seventy-two, they occupy uh, they outlaw um, workers from striking, um, and they suspend the newspapers.
1: Um, so and, and this is, so he's a, he's for the people, but he's suspended unions and the newspapers well
0: he's he's he's, he's for the people in the same way that communists are no,
1: I understand
0: like, I want to help the people but I'm the one who's going to help the people not the people
2: yeah right he's for the people enough that he doesn't even believe in fucking landlords like my um, man believes that everybody deserves a house and you shouldn't get anything more than one he will- because you don't even need the temptation to start to renting it Right. He
0: will also do this thing that, that he does often, and this is something that some political leaders have also done. Uh, for instance, um, Chiang Kai-shek did this uh, where he'll, he'll like resign. Um, like he like in, like in 1971, he resigns and he says, you know he's not satisfied with how the pace of reforms are going. Uh, but within a month he'll return. Um, and he does that again in February of 1973, um, returning again uh, within a month. Essentially sort of like a show like I like I'm trying to get things up, but they're not working fast enough. And since they're not working fast enough, I feel I can't I can't be the leader. And then mm-hmm. like well, he's still pretty much the leader, and then a month he's like, Oh well, I'm back. You know, they asked for me back. They said they couldn't do it without me, so here I am. Hopefully they'll all do better this time. Oh my yeah. god. Um, so a lot of the economic reforms they had um, is, is very it's sort of them nationalizing a lot of um, a lot of industries and businesses um, to help um, a lot of lower class people. Um, for instance, they they create programs to aid entrepreneurs, and they also um, begin to develop sort of a, a Libyan middle class. Um, they they begin uh, programs um, to to sort of increase uh, um, acreage for um, agriculture in Libya. Um, in September of 1969 they launched what was called the Green Revolution um, to increase uh, agricultural productivity in Libya um, so that they would have to rel- uh, rely less on imported food
1: right Did um, they have an they agricultural have tradition at all or <laughs> well
0: kind of yeah they do they do have the some um, like are there they're are not hundred percent desert yeah they're not like around the coast there are agricultural
1: areas okay, okay. Um,
0: so, so there are areas where you can you can like farm. Um, it, it's not like they're growing rice. Do you know,
1: like, I realize I might be going outside of your wheelhouse here, but do you know, like, do they have irrigation systems and all that other well, shit?
0: Well, yeah, they, they have irrigation. Like, one of his big projects later on is he makes this, like, billion dollar, like, one of the world's largest irrigation systems in Libya. Like, I really think and, like,
1: that the U.S. takes a lot of that for, like, your average citizen takes a lot of, yeah. a lot of that for granted. Like, how much availability we have of basic well, it's, necessities. It's,
0: it's it's very common in sort of like Arab societies where like families will plant fig trees. Like every family will have like their own fig trees. Yeah, uh, for instance, as part of like their their sort of like farm or their 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 home, which Did is like
2: fake or fig
0: fig. Okay. Okay. Like like yeah like um and like that's one of the reasons why that like it's it's like so. Like debilitating and traumatic, like when when like the Israelis go into like Palestinian areas and they like bulldoze houses and cut down the fig trees, because like the fig trees have been in the families for like generations and it's sort of seen as like a family like thing and they're literally destroying like a it's, part of their family by destroying in, yeah, the fig salt trees
2: into a because there's no reason for that.
0: But but Libya is kind of the same that they have sort of have that culture of like a farming uh, a family is going to have its own sort of subsistence. Um, so, sort of like farm setup, uh, regardless of like where they live but like they're going to have access to it either um, in their own land or like sort of outside of the city in, in sort of a way that like Germans do mm-hmm.
1: Germans hmm.
0: um, and, and part of this is like to make Libya uh, self-sufficient in food production um, and I, this sort of goes into like sort of like a fascist thing too like the Germans were obsessed with this sort of the concept was what in German was called autarky um, which is just sort of like this desire for self-sufficiency um, so that like they don't need to rely on outsiders it's like sort of a very nationalist idea
1: it's like it's it, it's, like, far, it's like, largely uh, naive to a certain extent right
0: Well, it, it, it is to a degree unless you're like the United States um, like unless like, you're like the United States or China or some other like large geographic area that is so geographically like blessed that you can farm like everything. right. Um, and, and it is sort of like a pipe dream. and and I think most countries and most like um, should move to have sort of a level of self-sufficiency so that when there is some crisis, like a ship gets stuck in a canal um they can still get
1: their food (laughs) that Um, never happens though i mean (laughs) but i mean steve you're i gotta be honest steve (laughs) we've done 47 episodes now counting this one and your flights of fancy are getting a little out of control i mean no ship's ever gotten caught in a canal.
0: But it's it's sort of like an obsession of like of like the far right and fascism. Sort of like almost like a prepper level thing but on a society level.
1: Well, it's almost yeah. like they have it so good that they that they take it for granted and use it as a point of pride and think it's just them. Oh wait. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm just describing cool. I'm just describing national national socialism, I'm sorry. Um <laughs>
0: So uh, what they was uh, Hitler he was wh- a
1: socialist he was a, that socialist that AOC she wants to put she's Hitler now she here
2: now she wants I, she I wants crystal
0: listen. knock 2.0 and that's me being banned from Twitter
2: It's the same I, thing Steve abide the same by AOC thing in her green politics where she just wants to st- she just wants to step all over the little people with them, with manicure toes, they, and them uh, <laughs> soft, soft feet. She just wants to step on the little man. She has nice. Feet. Right, wearing, right on my face. Wearing those tight Solid black
0: feet. silk stockings, all Want her over, step all right over my, my face. face. That board that sticking them toes. That, uh, that the board that uh, with the
1: biggest toe in my mouth. That board that short Ben bought at Home Depot. Uh, that board <laughs> that was to replace the board that he has up on the wall that's holding there, up AOC slippers. There was
0: there was another guy <laughs> who know. bought like. You know that like uh, black piping that you use for like gutters that like you put uh. on the ground. He he bought it. He bought a big thing of that, and he had it in a plastic bag, and he's just like went to Home Depot, where it's just like hanging out behind him, like almost
2: touching the ground. Here's the thing: Home Depot sells more than just hardware. They sell like cleaning products. They sell like automotive stuff. Like. Buy something you're gonna fucking use. He literally, lose, you he literally just
0: loser. bought a pre-cut board. Like, he yeah, he just bought a board. What are you
2: gonna do with one pre-cut board? Go buy some fucking Windex or something. Like they sell stuff you can actually use. You fucking clown.
0: Um, so what, one of the one of the policies they do is is land redistribution, um, and and what they do is they take a land that had been taken from Italian settlers in Libya that had been held by the the crown. Um, they redistribute this to the people. Um, and they established more irrigation systems um, along the, north, uh, the the coastline and also into the uh, oases um, in the inland.
2: Is it oases or is it like oasis? I,
0: I believe it's oases. <laughs> okay. I
2: think it's oases. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um But because because one of the problems um, with the produce that's produced in Libya is that. Uh, to grow in the desert, regardless of the ability, like you can grow in the desert. It's just more difficult. Um, the amount of labor that went into producing um, the produce um, exceeded its value. Um, so the state always had to sort of subsidize um, agriculture in order to make it profitable for farmers. Hey, Steve, or
2: is it OASIN? Multiple OASIS o- are Oasis.
1: Ocean O-she- O-sheen. O'Sheen. is one we of the We Oasin. O- O'Sheen, o- that's one of the uh, that's one of the like top five names for boys in Ireland. It's what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it means poet. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. O'Sheen. Is it- is is S- oh Or is it O'Shane? No, it's O'Sheen. Okay.
0: Is it is it one of those ones like Siobhan?
1: Yeah, it's, it's o- filled,
0: like completely different o- from how
1: it looks. O I S I N. I took the first like the first whole like chapter of Gaelic, and I'm sure it's not completely accurate, but in Duolingo, uh and it and the S I is Sh, so it's like Oshin, basically Oshin, yeah. Okay.
0: So in Libya's biggest export though is oil. Oil. let most of the oil wealth in the country had been going into the, the king and sort of the upper classes of society, but in October of 1969, um, Gaddafi proclaims you know, that the, uh, the current trade terms on Libyan oil are unfair and that they benefit um, foreign corporations as opposed to the Libyan people, um, and he threatened to uh, decrease production of oil um, unless these were changed.
2: I don't see a problem with that. Um, Libyan oil; they should benefit.
0: Yeah, like like this is again. This is like the areas we're we're getting into where like, Gaddafi is actually right. Um, okay. So in in December, uh, Jalud is able to successfully increase the price of uh, Libyan oil, um, and in 1970, um, other member states of OPEC um, follow suit with Libya, um, which causes a uh, a global increase in the price of crude oil.
1: Take it back. He's not right. God damn it! Uh, um, and in um, and in
0: nineteen and in March twentieth, nineteen seventy one, um, the the RCC um, made the Tripoli Agreement, um, in which they were able to secure income tax back payments um, and better uh, better pricing from oil corporations. Um, these these measures from the uh, Tripoli Agreement would bring Libya about one billion dollars in additional revenue in the first year.
1: And that's a lot of money. Yeah,
0: it um, and and after this sort of increased uh, state control started going, um, they began a program of nationalizing uh, the Libyan oil industry. Um, first, starting with uh, expropriating um, BP's share of um, British, uh, British Petroleum um, NB Hunt uh, Sahir Field um, in December of 1971. All right. In um, September of 1973, um, they announced that all foreign oil producers active in Libya um, would see uh, 51% of their operation nationalized by the Libyan government.
2: Good. Again, it's the Libyan people's oil. They live there. It's um, their shit. So
0: this is, this is sort of Gaddafi um, sort of stepping closer and closer to socialism, which he had promised. Um, so this is very successful, obviously, for Libya. Um, their, their GDP... Um, had been 3.8 billion dollars in 1969 uh, and in 1974 it was 13.7 billion dollars um, and in 1979 it was 24.5 billion dollars. Good God okay um, And because of this um, because of this act of socialism, which is really the only real trickle-down economics that exists in this world, uh, the standard of living for most um, for most Libyans like greatly increased.
2: Yeah,
1: of
0: course. Um, yeah. The, uh, so uh, by 1979, the average per capita income of, of a Libyan was eight thousand one hundred and seventy dollars, um, which in 1951 was forty dollars.
2: Um
0: And this was this was a higher uh, per capita income than Italy wow. and the UK for citizens. Wow. God
2: damn. Um, okay. In in
0: 1969, uh, the government would close down all foreign banks um, if they would not sort of allow themselves to be turned into a joint stock operation, which would make them nationalized by the
2: Libyan government. Okay. I'm starting to see why the United States is not too hot on Libya with nationalization of everything.
0: Um, the The RCC uh, would begin also instituting social reforms. Um, the, the consumption of alcohol would be prohibited. Um... Nightclubs and Christian churches were shut down. Um, the wearing of traditional Libyan uh, dress was encouraged, um, and Arabic um, was decreed as the uh, the only language to be used in official communications and on road signs. Okay. Um, the minimum wage would be doubled, um, and uh, statutory price controls would be introduced, um, and rent reductions um, of between thirty and forty percent would be implemented. Uh, women, we, women though, uh, uh, conversely, though, though he's implementing these sort of like Sharia like laws, which most people in the West associate with like the oppression of women, um, they, they established um, the revolutionary women's formation to encourage reform. Um, so a lot of the strict social restrictions that have been placed upon women were removed, and women were given a greater um, a greater role in, in sort of everyday life. Um, in 1970, Um, laws were introduced that affirmed the equality of the sexes, um, and also insisted on wage parity between the sexes. In 1971... What always blows
2: my mind is if you look at the old history photos of, like, for instance, Afghanistan in, like, 1960, all the women are, like, walking around, like, or not all the women, but, like, you can see photos of women in, like, these two-piece bathing suits that, like... You would never in a million well, years think that, that was like a thing that would well, be Well, that's okay.
0: that's, in, that's in Kabul. You go outside of Kabul, it's it's all other world during that time period. Like, <laughs>
2: like I just the, it, like it's in all, general, it's, just the ideas of, of, of a woman who is an Islamic woman wearing a two piece. Well, bathing, people so people post line. those
0: pictures and they're like, like look at what Afghanistan was before the Taliban took over. It's like, well, no, those are like the rich people who live in the cities who are like incredibly wealthy at in summer and like the west. Like that—that's yeah. what they do. Like you—you you go outside the countryside. Like you go outside the city. It's probably the same as it is right now. If you went outside Kabul, um, yeah. So uh, he—he's sort of um, making uh, things were equal for women. Um, he introduces the uh, uh, Gaddafi. He sponsors the uh, the Libyan uh, General Women's Federation. The
1: Libyan Ladies is- Night. What? Yeah.
2: He sponsored it's, it's the Libyan Jude's Ladies night. night. Yeah. It's Libyan Ladies Night It's three dollars and three before midnight, five after midnight, free drinks all night. <laughs> free shots on the house. Come get your water moccasin. Oh my god. <laughs> in, in 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 nineteen
0: in, in nineteen seventy two, um, the marriage of, of women under the age of sixteen was criminalized.
1: Oh good. Um,
0: and and it was also enshrined in law. <laughs> well, yeah, it's better than Louisiana. <laughs> Wait, what? The, the age of consent in Louisiana, I think, is twelve.
2: Say, I say, I say, I say. This is me turning off.
0: I'm done.
1: <laughs> I told you. That's a joke, dude.
0: Oh, it's it's seventeen.
2: It used to be twelve. Fuck me. When did
1: it change? Disgusting.
2: 1997. <laughs> Last year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it used to be really bad.
1: Like
2: it uh, fuck used to be it's still bad.
1: Well it's
0: still fuck. bad, but um so, so it's all right, Steve. It,
1: we're working in the right direction. You know, we had that and we uh, you know, but we got yoga banned, you know, so no more yoga demons. Yeah. And
0: uh, you can't have, you can't have <laughs> yoga in public schools in Alabama because it proves it. Wait, no, I thought, re-
2: and, I thought it didn't pass.
0: I thought it just No, you know, that it that's a lot barely. that's been on the books. It was the repealing of it that wasn't passed. Oh uh, Um In in uh and also in nineteen seventy two laws were passed ensuring that when women married, um that their that their consent had to be a prerequisite for the marriage.
2: <laughs> Think about what that means. <laughs> that is That means before then you could get married as a woman against your will. Some dude could just be like, Hey, you're mine Hey, you now. know you're married, right? What? <laughs> what yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I what? I decided. So I went down to the courthouse. I don't remember
2: planning this though. No, that's all right. Well, anyway, get home. I needed I don't some remember, mo- I needed I'm some hungry. money
0: for scratch-offs and I didn't have anything <laughs> left to pawn, so I just sold them used. So
2: But I don't remember wearing a dress. Probably,
0: and, a, and unfortunately, I, I got two strawberries and a Liberty Bell, so we didn't win. But <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Oh my um, God, Jesus Christ. His, um, he would also open up education and employment opportunities to women. Um, um, although the, this primarily benefit, um, benefited uh, women who lived in, who were from the um, the urban middle
2: classes. Of course. Of course. I mean, that doesn't surprise, though. But, I mean, at least he's trying to do the right thing. Because right now it sounds like he's doing the right thing.
0: Um, from, from the periods of, of 1969 and 1973... Um, they would begin using uh, oil money to fund uh, social programs um, such as, like, house-building projects, um, improved uh, health care and education um, for the, uh, the average um, Libyan.
2: What the fuck? This is amazing!
0: Um, this is, so what, one of his tears, big right? priorities was to uh, build houses um, and to create public housing to eliminate homelessness um, and also to um, replace... Uh, the shanty towns that had been outside of uh, Libya's cities as Libya began to urbanize, um, as it was brought more and more onto the global stage.
2: Have to say, I like them so far. This um, sounds good.
0: So uh, the the health sector also greatly expanded under uh, under Gaddafi. Um, by nineteen seventy eight, um, Libya had fifty percent more hospitals than it had in nineteen sixty eight, um, while the numbers of doctors increased from seven hundred to three thousand. God damn. Okay. Um, malaria as an illness commonly afflicting people in Libya was eradicated um, and uh, trachoma and tuberculosis were greatly eliminated they weren't completely eliminated but they were greatly reduced in their impact on everyday
2: life Hmm. Um, so he did a lot of objectively good things
0: yeah um, a a lot of uh, uh, compulsory education was expanded um, from 6 to 9 years um, and adult literacy programs were introduced, and free university education was also introduced. Uh, he he greatly expanded uh, literacy in Libya to the point that when he became leader, literacy was at like ten percent, and by the time he died, it was like at eighty-eight percent.
2: Objectively better, doing better than the United States. Objectively, um, just so free his education his, and everything
0: else. his programs were also good at integrating uh, the poorer members of society. Um, into into the Lib- um, into Libyan society right. by allowing them access to the education system. Mm-hmm. Um, he also founded. Uh, they also founded Beta uh, University, um, and and Tripoli University and Benghazi University were also expanded um, to offer more collegiate courses to Libyans.
2: You say the Beta University? B E I B A. Did you say Beta? The Chads can't go there. Only the Betas.
0: <laughs> yeah, no one. No, no one. No international students from Chad are allowed
2: at the Beta University. No one that looks like Gaddafi with that square, <laughs> amazing jaw can go Good to the fucking Lord. Beta University.
0: <laughs> the the public sector was was expanded, um, giving uh, employment to thousands. Um, And all of these programs are incredibly popular um, among the people of Libya. Um, Gaddafi is also popular as well because he's seen as this very charismatic, um, youthful um, underdog um, due to the fact that he came from sort of these humble beginnings as sort of like a Bedouin um, who went on to become the leader of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, he's also sort of idolized because his rhetoric um, is is seen as making him... uh, a sort of successor um, to an anti-Italian freedom fighter named um, Omar uh, Mukhtar.
1: So the Italians are really just like a, like a, uh, like a boogeyman over there.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you this. The, the only reason why the Italians were able to conquer Ethiopia was because they used poison gas. Oh um, my God. So, so I'll so give you an idea of like how much the, the Italians like, like care about their, Colonial conquest. Not, not that like the other Europeans were far off.
1: No, like, I'm not bad. trying to condemn them. I mean, I I am you know Italian. Uh, yeah, but Italian, but,
0: but yeah, they, they they generally don't like the people who came across the sea and like overturned their society.
1: It's crazy.
0: Um, so in, in order to combat um the the sort of like divisions that exist in Libyan society between different tribes and regions. Um, they, they began trying to promote a, a sort of pan-Libyan identity.
1: Pan-Libyan. Um,
0: and, and so in, in order to do this, they began discrediting tribal leaders um, as, as being backwards and agents of the, the old regime. Um, and, in, and in August of 1971, um, a, a military court in, in Sabah um, tried many of them for, um, for suspected counter-re- uh, counter-revolutionary activity. Um, though, though this is probably just sort of trumped up charges.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, the 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 longstanding um, boundaries within Libya were redrawn, um, which, which sort of crossed over old tribal boundaries. Um, while uh, modernizers um, were were sort of sent in to to replace tribal leaders, um, and and a lot of these communities that they were sent in would would sort of reject these guys.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, somebody leaders. just comes yeah. in and says, "We're not going to do things that way."
2: <clears throat> yeah. Um, listen. So I'm from Tripoli, um, and I'm just here to tell you we're not doing this anymore. I'm the so, I'm the captain now.
0: So, so in order to combat this, uh, Gaddafi <laughs> creates the Arab Socialist Union um, in June of 1971, which is a uh, which is a political party um, which he is president of that's that sort of set up to uh, further uh, revolutionary enthusiasm throughout the country.
2: Again, I don't see a problem with this.
0: Um, so it's it's very it, it's it, it it's not really successful because it's like very bureaucratic, um, and it doesn't really uh, succeed in mobilizing support um, for Gaddafi like he had envisioned. So so Gaddafi's you know showing up to like the the rec center or whatever, and they're they're playing the music and he's jumping through the hoop, and they're they're just not getting it. His, <laughs> his type five is failing. Um, relations between uh, Libya and um, and the rest of the world obviously begin to change due to uh, Gaddafi taking over. Um, so a, a lot of the neighboring Arab uh, re- uh, nationalist regimes in, in Egypt, Syria, Iraq, um, Sudan um, are, are, sort of, um, are, are sort of very friendly with him. Um, and Egypt sends experts to sort of help the RCC with, with sort of like um, taking control of the country and, and sort of like getting their projects off the ground.
1: Okay. And he accepts that help?
0: Yeah, because remember, like, like Nasser's his hero. Like, he idolizes Nasser. He'll, act- he'll actually go and, like, speak at Nasser's, like, funeral. Like, he plays a big part in it. So he sees Nasser as, like, his mentor. Wow. And, and remember, like, the end goal of, like, pan-Arabism is that all of these countries in the Middle East are going to be, like, one country at w- at some point. So, of course, he's, like, that's his guy. It's, like, communism, like, like, like Fidel wants to help out your communist country. Like you're, you're going to put out the red carpet, and welcome like the Cuban experts. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Um,
0: and and Gaddafi himself had also publicly proclaimed the need for a single Arab state, which stretched all the way um, from the the edge of the Atlantic in the North Africa uh, in, in North Africa all the way um, to Turkey.
2: Yeah. See, it doesn't work. Many differing opinions.
0: Um, In in December of of 1969, um, he signs the Tripoli Charter alongside Egypt and Sudan, um, and he also establishes the Arab Revolutionary Front, which is a, um, which is a sort of pan-national union, um, sort of design um, towards like having a, a unification of the three countries. And this is very similar to a project that Gaddafi will be involved in later on, in 2002, which is the formation of the African Union, which Gaddafi is a big proponent of.
2: Hmm, okay. Um, In
0: 1970, uh, Syria declares that it has an intention to join the Union, uh, but this doesn't really turn out. Because what happens is is that Nasser dies unexpectedly in 1970, um, and Nasser is succeeded by Anwar Sadat. Um, and Anwar Sadat is is more of a realist than Nasser is because Nasser is is also sort of of that very like utopian mindset that he wants to like form this like country between two two areas of land that are not actually connected by land, like like he's full into that. Um, so Anwar is uh, Anwar Sadat is very much of the mind that like they need to be realistic. Right. Um, so he says instead of creating a unified state. He thinks they should form a political federation, um, which is implemented in April of 1971.
1: Which makes way more sense.
0: Uh, and and because they do this, um, Egypt, Syria, and Sudan begin uh, receiving uh, Libyan oil money.
1: Ah. Uh, in February of... Cause they begin, cause they, like, it all adds up, Steve. Steve. They're other. just trying to get that scratch. They're well, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that money.
0: Well, well, Syria has oil money too. So.
1: Well, but you once you get a little taste of that oil tea, you gotta get more.
0: Once you get that, that black gold, that Texas tea. Yeah,
1: you gotta get a little bit more. A little bit more.
0: Uh, but what what happens is is that um, in 1972, um, Gaddafi and Sadat they sign an unofficial charter um, of 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 a merger, uh, but it's never implemented because they're not really able to agree on things. Um, and, and Sadat is like very much a um, wary of Libya because he doesn't really like the radical direction that that Gaddafi is going in. Like he sees like Sadat pretty much sees like how we see Gaddafi. Like Gaddafi hasn't really become the man that he is like in in 2011 by the time he's killed, like like in in our minds as as people who live in 2021. but Sadat sees in Gaddafi that sort of quality, and in September of 1973, um, they take no action at the deadline of, of passing this, this sort of merger of the
1: countries. Which is probably a huge insult to Gaddafi, right?
0: Yeah. Um, there, there's also briefly a war between Libya and Egypt called the Four Day War that, that's, that's sort of over this. Um, <laughs> These four that, day they, they,
1: wars, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's like my wife like, and I arguing about dinner. You know, I mean, it's just four <laughs> days.
0: Um, and, is and, it really and, a
1: war if it's four days? What, what constitutes again, a war? Like it have to be a well, certain. You know, like,
0: Israel won't stop talking about the Six Day War. This, is it? Is it six? <laughs> is that the cutoff? Is this like? I guess
1: it's six. It's like
0: seven minute abs or eight minutes. Seven. Wait, 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 let's wait, ask what what Tony Little. We could definitely get
1: Tony in Little five on the days. podcast. He's the eight-minute abs guy, you know the ab roller. Yeah, it's yeah. eight minutes. But know. what
2: if we could do a war in five days? Five days? I think it could be done. I don't know if that's, that's a good war. Can't, you wars, can't even
0: work up. You can't can even work up five. a bloodlust in five days. I, you yeah, yeah.
2: you got to get me like
1: really riled up. It's going to take more than a week. I mean,
2: all I'm saying it that's is a business five days, week. It could be done if you could do it in six. You could do it in five.
1: Uh, if you can do it, if you can get uh, bloodlust up in five days, you should just go work on Wall Street.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um. So after after the from, from outside of the the sort of Arab world um in in 1960, after the coup in 1969 um France the UK um the United States and Soviet Union were all called to meet with the RCC. Um so initially the the UK and the US quickly um, extend diplomatic recognition um hoping um hoping to secure protection for their military bases that are in Libya. Um, fearing that if they were to oppose um, Gaddafi's rule over Libya, that it could jeopardize those bases. Um, because okay. since since you know um, World War II, um, the Battle of North Africa, they still have bases in Libya. Because okay. because a lot of the fighting that happens in North Africa is mostly in like Libya and and Tunisia.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and. And so, um, in, in 1970 as well, um, the, US, um, it, the U.S. also informed him of at least one counter-coup that was planned against him, sort of to ingratiate themselves to him.
1: We just, like, let him know?
0: Yeah, we're just like, hey, just let you know, like, these guys are planning to coup you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't want to, like, ruin your day or anything, but these guys, Heads up. they're, about to, they're about to come in your bedroom at night and slice you up, like, belly. <laughs> like, they're going to get you. BT-dubs.
0: Um and
1: I know you're the they, Libyan they, they, Don Dada but you know you're about to get sliced up.
0: <laughs> most most of them we'll, can, uh, we'll we'll get uh, to that Steve because they're they're the Italians do come up.
2: Oh. <laughs> um, I, I advise you so, get a harem of highly trained women to protect you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> women women to sexfully protect you.
2: Dun, 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 dun. Wait, they we have sex with them
1: too? <laughs> I mean, probably. <laughs> I
0: don't know. He did have that party with. I, I sent you that, that that Twitter post about how he had the party with uh, five hundred oh, yeah, yeah. Italian supermodels. Yeah. <laughs> but all they did was give them an hour lecture on um, on Islam and give them all Quran's.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like you, like, <laughs> imagine you invite a harem of supermodels and you're just like, you're doing the Lord wrong. You need a fucking Bible. You need a Quran, You need Now I want you to pray with, with me. I want you to
1: pray with me.
2: I would know about. Oh my god, I would die laughing. <laughs>
0: um, but but a lot of these attempts from western powers to to sort of um to to form a working relationship with with Gaddafi's government are not successful because Gaddafi has this whole um national sovereignty and, and anti-imperialist um sort of um philosophy and, and system that doesn't really allow um for foreign corporations or or foreign governments to sort of like um, become involved in in Libya,
2: and he's also like nationalism squared. Yeah, with like nationalism. You can accept a little bit of outside. Because even if you're like
0: friendly like, with him and yeah. you're on fair terms, like the next day he could turn around and say like, "Well, half your company has to come to the Libyan government."
2: Yeah, jeez, there's a point where you're just pushing it too hard.
0: Um, and and Gaddafi will eventually proclaim that the U.S. and the United Kingdom need to remove their military bases from Libya. Um, Gaddafi said of this. The armed forces, which rose to express the people's revolution, will not tolerate living in their shacks while the bases of imperialism exist in Libyan territory. Um, the British would leave Libya in March of 1970, and the Americans in June of 1970.
1: So we just noped out.
0: Yeah, they're just like, well, we'll, we'll pack them up. I'm, I'm sure they weren't really like that valuable. Um, like they probably wanted to keep them, but they weren't like strategically
2: valuable. But as of 1970, Libya I, is effectively on its own.
0: Yeah, because you have to remember, um, in, in terms of like North Africa, the U.S. has still has bases in like Italy and Greece um, and in Turkey. And so if they need to get anywhere in the region, they can just fly there. Did
2: you just include Italy and North Africa?
0: No, I said in the region, and the Mediterranean. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: Italy, it Greece, North Turkey. Yeah, Italy. I was like, wow, there's going to be a lot of pissed off Italians calling them Africans. <laughs>
0: much, much more stable... Jeez. Much much more stable regions in in Europe that can offer it. well, not not to mention Greece and Italy, but Turkey is a little more stable to to a degree. They're they're all unstable throughout this period.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So it, Gaddafi wishes to reduce um, Italian influence in in um, in Libya, um, and in October of 1970, all Italian owned assets um, in Libya were expropriated by the state. Um, and the twelve thousand Italians that still lived within Libya at that time um, were expelled from Libya, um, alongside a, a smaller community of
2: Libyan Jews. Did they even give them the opportunity to stay if they wanted to? No, it's it's you, it's like you gotta go. Damn. Um, did and pay, did they pay for their ticket out of there?
0: I I think they just put them on a boat or a plane. They just said get the hell out.
2: God damn. Okay. So my my love for this guy is starting to go down. Um, th- this
0: became a national holiday in Libya, referred to as Vengeance Day.
2: God damn. <laughs> celebrated it too? <laughs> um, it's Italy Vengeance Day.
0: A, Italy would make a formal complaint to the UN saying that this was a violation of the, the 1956 um, Italo-Libyan hey, Treaty. Um, hey
2: listen, you wait. This is a clear violation of the treaty. I feel like I should be able to go back to Libya. They got these great, uh... They got this great shawarma that I want to hit up, but I thought it kicked me out, so I think uh, we should be able to be let back. Thank you, UN. I bide my time.
1: (laughs) I surrender my time. (laughs) This son of a batching country was founded (laughs) so that the rights of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of organizers like yourselves. Um. So, uh, Roman Moroni continues to murder the English language. (laughs)
0: Um, he would, um, he he also uh, sought to reduce NATO's influence in the Mediterranean. Um, and he in 1971 requested that Malta cease to allow, um, NATO to use, um, to, to use military bases, um, in Malta. Um, and in turn offering Malta international aid or foreign aid for that.
2: So can you describe to me where Malta is? And I don't want to hear it's like above the E in Mediterranean. It,
0: it sea. is. It is. In, <laughs> it is. In, or it is in the, it's in the Mediterranean. It's south. <laughs> it's south of Turkey. It's a large island south of Turkey, okay. um, between Turkey and Greece. Which today okay. half the island is divided between a Greek-aligned government and a Turkish-aligned government, um, okay. with a DMZ between
2: them. Okay. Well, well no that's that's, that's, that's better Cyprus. Than, it's located by the L in Libya.
0: I'm uh, uh, sorry I described Cyprus. Uh, Malta Malta Wait, is right shit. next to Cyprus. Uh. Um, and, and Malta is a um, it's an old crusader stronghold.
2: I, I can't believe I recommend this podcast people want to people when I say it's a serious it's a serious podcast.
0: Well Malta Ma- Malta was the, the head of the um, it's where the Knights Hospitaller were and and the Maltese language is actually a dialect of Arabic. Um, okay. But but they are they There's sort of an island that's existed there. They were run by the Crusaders, um, and they they were also used uh, heavily by the British during World War II.
2: So uh, in the Mediterranean Sea, south of Turkey.
0: So so what they did, um, uh, so what they did to compromise was um, they continued allowing NATO to use the island, um, but only on the condition um, that NATO would use it to launch attacks on Arab uh, countries. <laughs>
2: <laughs> NATO's sitting there with their cross fingers. Yeah, sure, totally. We got it.
0: Um, and, and eventually, in 1980, um, through this pressure, uh, Malta would not renew the UK's uh, air bases on the island. Um, and um, and also, um, to build up its own military, they began purchasing weapons from both France and the Soviet Union. Um, and, and due to this relationship with the Soviets... Um, it, it, it strained the relationship with the United States. Um, uh, Gaddafi again would also be critical of the United States due to its supporting Israel. Um, uh-huh. He was he sided with the Palestinians in the Israeli Palestinian conflict, um, and he viewed um, he viewed this the creation of the state of Israel um, as a Western colonial occupation um, forced upon the Arab world. Um, he believed that all uh, violence uh, for Palestinians delivered upon Israeli and Western targets was justified, um, and that he supported
1: this. And, um, he well, who probably goes on to fund it, huh?
0: Yes. He, he, um, he, he called on Arab states to, um, to wage a quote-unquote continuous war against Israel. Um, and in 1970, he initiated a jihad fund to finance anti-Israeli militants.
2: God my man went hardcore into and, the an, fucking and, and in June of 1972,
0: sentiment. he created the first Nasserite volunteer center um, to trade anti-Israeli guerrillas. Oof. Um, Oof. Gaddafi himself favored uh, the group Fatah, which was uh, which was led by uh, Yasser Arafat. Um, and as as time went on, um, his relationship with Arafat would become strained because um, Gaddafi would consider him to be too moderate and he would call for more violent actions against the state of Israel. Um, so he what? began supporting uh, militias like the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine General Command, the Democratic Front for the Liberation of Palestine, As-Sayka, uh the Palestinian Popular Struggle Front, and the Abu nadil Organization. Um, all
2: terrorist organizations, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, so these are all sort of like, like more militant organizations At Fatah. Um, okay. He also funded the Black September Organization, um, whose members carried out the 1972 Munich Massacre of Israeli yeah. athletes at the 1972 Summer Olympics in Munich, Germany.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So this, had, this
1: shit started getting out of control right away. Yeah. He and he, bit, yeah.
0: he had the militants who were killed um, when, they, when they set off the hand grenades in the helicopter and died. Um, he had their bodies flown to Libya and gave them a hero's funeral. Um, Holy shit. Okay. Gaddafi, though, oh. like I said, he would um, he would fund a lot of um, other militant groups throughout the world. Um, just to give you an idea of the groups that he would give funding to, um, they included the Black Panther Party.
2: I'm okay with that. The Nation of Islam. Not okay with that. The
0: Tupamaros.
2: Don't know enough about them.
0: The 19th of April Movement. Sure. The Sandinista National Liberation Front.
2: You goddamn right.
0: The African National Congress.
2: Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck the goddamn French. As
0: well as other um, anti-apartheid movements in South Africa. You uh, goddamn right. The Provisional Irish Republican Army.
2: Shuck your um, la. <laughs> ETA, which is sure. the
0: uh, which is the um, the Basque resistance movement in spain so this guy's Um,
1: literally just all in on resistance
2: movements basically action (laughs) action direct if if you're a terrorist hit me up i got you (laughs) easily
1: the
0: red uh, the red brigades the red army faction um and uh also the the armenian secret army which i believe is an anti-soviet armenian um terrorist group the japanese red army um the Free Assay Movement and the Moro National Liberation Front in the Philippines which is still active today those are those ones that uh, that, that fought with the government recently yes, good lord um, so he's he's pretty indiscriminate in his like funding he just sort of goes out there um, he'll also sort of like, switch his support uh, for instance um, he would support um, Erta's uh, liberation movement uh, Erta is, a, is like the the regional name for uh, Eritrea
1: Mm-hmm.
0: the right. The country that's um, that was at that time part of Ethiopia, uh, okay. he would support them until 1985, and then he switched over, um, most most likely due to disagreements with the leader of uh, Ethiopia at that time. <laughs> the, the meta um, changed.
1: The meta changed. <laughs> Jesus.
0: But the the Libya like Libya became like a dash like an international leader um, in sort of like third world struggles. Against colonialism and neocolonialism, which, which is one of the reasons why he became so popular. For instance, there was a um, there was a time when Nelson Mandela spoke, and, and he was essentially given shit for when, because the African National Congress was allied, you know, with, with Gaddafi, and Fidel Castro, and all these other movements. And he said, like, well, why won't you denounce these people? And he said, well, I'm not going to denounce them, because these people actually funded us, while governments like the United States government were helping, like, the South African government. And he says that okay. there's, like, a difference in between the values that, like, countries like the United States claim that they believe and follow and promote, and what they actually follow and promote internationally. So while so while Gaddafi is, like, a terrible dictator, he's also, like, helping, like, like legitimate, like, resistance movements.
2: Hey, come one, come all. This is Muammar Gaddafi's warehouse extravaganza. If you have problems with your government, you hit me up. I will give you money to fight. You need RPGs? You need well, fighter jets? It gets,
0: it gets wild at certain points because, for instance, um, the Red Army faction for a period, which is the the West German communist terrorist group, the, the Bader-Meinhof gang, as it's also known, yeah. Um. they they go and train in Libya with Palestinians and, and they sort of come to, like, to arguments and they eventually have to leave because the Palestinians are like this hardcore... Um, one, they're they're anti-Semitic, so that that's one thing with them because they're 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 German communists, so they're not really cool with the anti-Semitism, you know. Yeah. Because they're, they're like one of the things was that they had a picture of Hitler up, and they're like Oof. they're like we're cool with Hitler, and they're like we are not cool with Hitler. No. And then also the fact that the Bader Meinhof gang, like sort of went out there and were sort of treating it like it was a summer vacation, like the female members were like sunbathing and like the the men were not really, like, good with that. And, like, the Palestinian commanders are like, one, this is a military camp, they can't be doing that. It was also the fact that it was, like, a bunch of men out in the desert, and they're like, yeah, your, your, your lady friends need to wear more clothes, like, be fully dressed, because one, this is a military operation, and two, I have a camp full of, like... Dudes. Of, of, of dudes in the middle of nowhere,
2: <laughs> and they are the <laughs> only women. Say, I got a camp full of fucking dudes.
0: I have put a camp. I have on. a camp full of like farm boys in the middle of nowhere, and like the closest city is like a hundred miles away. So they need to cut that shit out right now.
2: <laughs> Long story short, put some goddamn clothes on, bitch.
0: And this is and this is around the time that uh, Gaddafi begins to radicalize more and more and become even more insane and we'll sort of talk about that in the next episode this is sort of the rise of gaddafi and in the next episode we'll talk about his fall
1: the rise of yeah i think it's a good that's that's gonna be faced well i mean uh this definitely gonna be one of our longer episodes but at the same time it's like we built up to uh to basically the point where like okay here's this guy who wants to make these fundamental changes that are good but holy shit he's a fucking lunatic you know, and I guess, yeah, and I guess he, he, gets, he a, just gets a, worse a, like, yeah, and worse as he gets more power and and influence, right?
0: Yeah, because we're not power even to throws. the point with like the man proclaiming himself king of kings with the all-female like bodyguards. Oh
2: stuff. my god! I can't. Yeah, which I'm really upset <laughs> we didn't hit that. God damn it! My horniness is just gonna get to wait till next goddamn
1: episode. Well, you have to be horny about Gaddafi, <laughs> and then you can be horny about his cars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I'm, I'm I'm less horny about Gaddafi now that I know what yeah, I know he's, about him now. He's definitely not, now yeah. I'm just horny for his not heart, a great so. guy. All yeah, right. it
0: gets it gets worse. So,
2: until next time. <sighs> See until you all later. later. Bye. Bye.